0: is winnipeg sports talk daily with
1: andrew hustler patterson and michael remus hey what's going on everyone happy wednesday and welcome to another edition of winnipeg sports talk daily andrew patterson along with michael remus we got an awesome show lined up for a hump day as we get ready for the big game tomorrow at ig field between the bombers and montreal alouettes and we're going to start it off talking jets uh significant RFA being re-signed today, taking care of the RFA class with David Gustafson, ink in a two-year deal. And the last player to re-up, and of course, avoid arbitration, Mason Appleton is going to join us live in about 20 minutes or so. Talk about a big off-season for Mason. New contract, new wife. Um, So really looking forward to having uh, Mason Appleton join us coming up um, as I said, in about 20 minutes here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. After that, a good friend, Marat Tesh will join. Marat's got a new piece in The Athletic discussing remaining free agents on the market and who might fit with the Winnipeg Jets and at what price. And we'll also talk about, you know, whether that's the more likely route for Kevin Chevalier off to go, or could it be waiting out teams that need to move players off of their cap and somewhat weaponizing their salary cap space that the Winnipeg Jets have. So all of that coming up, Murata Tesh. And then as we get ready for tomorrow's big game between the Bombers and the Alouettes, as the Bombers look to go 10-0, and 0, the uh, big guy up front, one of the all-time best offensive linemen to play in the Canadian Football League, a three-time most outstanding O-lineman, Stanley Bryant, jumping on the program, talk about the first half of the season for the Bombers. And, of course, tomorrow night's challenge before The team gets a bye week. So, hey, listen, just before we bring in Michael Remus, I do want to thank all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, including Vita Health Fresh Market, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Culligan Water, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Assiniboid Downs, Canadian Club Whiskey, and, of course, our betting partners over at Cool Bet Canada, we have a very interesting prop that has been listed for the Blue Bomber season at the request of a WST listener. We'll tell you about that a little later on, but let's get this show on the road and get Michael
2: Remus in here. Remus, what's up? Oh, I'm in a great mood, hus. Great weather outside. A bomber game tomorrow. Huge game trying to go 10-0. And, and some Jets news here. We had the Appleton signing over the weekend. And now the Gus bus. Bring a up. Back it up or pull it into the parking lot, whatever metaphor you want to say. Has uh, David Gustafson back with the Jets? Two years, uh, seven, I think it was seven seventy-five AAV. So we actually have. It's been kind of slow in the summer. It was it was go go go, and uh, we got some stuff here today. We're I'm pumped.
1: Yeah, we do. And only just quickly, I will mention as well. Our good friends at Canadian Club also sent over a few. Jim Beam social passes for the game tomorrow. So if you don't already have a ticket for the game, hang tight a little bit later on. We'll fire up the wheel and hopefully send you and a friend there for a great, fun-filled evening, including a couple of CC and ginger ales. Um, yeah, you know, David Gustafson. This was, I think, going to be a relatively simple deal, but I will say, real the fact that it was two years, I think, is probably good for the team because David Gustafson's making right in and around the league minimum and uh you know as we talked off air um David Gustafson's going to have every opportunity to be an impactful player and I think that you know in the past that fourth line role was very minimal under Paul Maurice and to an extent Dave Lowry as well if what we no rick bonus did in dallas is an indication of how he may handle his winnipeg jet bench i think they will be looking for more out of the fourth line assuming they have the personnel and david gustafson who was so star-crossed last year getting injured in the first period on both of his returns to the lineup since being called up for the manitoba moose if he can have a little bit better luck and get in there and actually be out on the ice i think he'll have the opportunity to um you know establish himself as a regular in the national hockey league and I could make that contract for both years, but especially the second year
2: look pretty good once um, you know we get to next season. Some details the Jets put out on their website. The first year it is a two-way deal, and he'll be making 775 in the NHL. And the second year of the contract is a one-way contract. So I wonder if, you know, he spends some time with the Moose, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. It depends on how it goes. We know about last year. It was a tough one. He played two games with the Jets, getting hurt in both of them. But yeah. what do you have? Like a total of seven minutes of ice time
1: in those two games? I mean, he literally was out first or second shift in, almost, um, in, in pretty much both of those games, if I recall correctly.
2: Yeah, and we talked to him at the end of the season. I, I think it's just like a run of bad luck. Like it sucks. It happens. And, you know, he's going to look to rebound for next season. Um, his average time on ice, <laughs> two games this year was two, two twenty eight. Um, I can pull up the game logs.
1: Oh, so that yeah, two twenty eight. That sounds about right. A couple shifts. So yeah, shifts in both I mean the,
2: the first game, yeah, he had five shifts, two thirty seven, and the second game, uh, January second in Vegas, he had what four shifts at two nineteen. So yeah, he had about less less than ten shifts, nine shifts on the season. Um, so but he was better in the moose, 47 games, he had points. We know he's been an impact player for them and their success the last couple of years. So hopefully it can translate. We'll have to wait and see. And I had said all off season that you need players in your lineup, contributing on min salary deals. And you look at the jets, they're kind of positioned that way with Harkins, Baron Gustafson, but they need those guys to contribute it's not just enough you know getting 50 games of vessel and at min salary and you're getting huh. four, four points they, they're gonna need more more of that those guys and seems like they're gonna be ready to give them some of the ice time because they haven't really replaced paul stasny and andrew kopp yet there's roster spots available like we we're talking you know in my hockey log, we're talking about perfetti like is he gonna be in the top six well who else who else is going to be the top? Yeah, the answer They're, to that is yes. They don't have they don't have <laughs> anyone else. So yes, I think by default he would be in there. So we'll have to wait, wait and see what happens with the roster. But uh, Gustafson, we think he's going to be penalty kill and what like fourth line here? Yeah, I mean I think that. You know, listen, if we
1: were putting it together right now, I think you pencil David Gustafson in for the fourth line center role. Uh, I think he is a guy that you know if needed could play with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. Um, but I don't think that would be the plan. I have a feeling that he would get the opportunity to anchor and be that center role. It's important to remember. He's very, very good in the face off and very good defensively. And you know, I mean, he did play what 2022 20, two games. I mean, two seasons ago. So he has had, you know, experience in the league and he's done a great job with the Manitoba moose really rounding into a, a complete 200 foot player. Now, what the offensive expectations at the nhl uh will be i guess we'll see what he can produce uh, depending on what sort of opportunity he gets but the one thing i I, i'm pretty sure to say about david gustafson is that rick bonus will not be scared to put him out on the ice regardless of the situation uh because of what he's shown and the type of player that he's become uh which is been very very defensively responsible and it is somewhat ironic that now Maurice is gone because that they always talked about the quote unquote trust of young players anyone that's paid attention to the Moose in the last couple seasons knows that David Gustafson has really earned or should have earned that trust now it was bad luck I mean it's not really on the coaches and both times he got called up we talked about how early he went out of the lineup but I do think that next year the organization and the coaching staff will feel comfortable putting David Gustafson out there and You know, he's such an easy guy to cheer for. He's had some bad luck. He's done everything that they've asked for him. I would love to see a a, a great breakout season establishing himself first and foremost as an everyday NHLer and then see what his upside is.
2: Yeah, and that's, I think, one of the key position battles as we head into the the season, I guess. What are the top six lines going to be? And. or the bottom six, or are we gonna have a mishmash? Sorry, I, you know what, I gotta get away, Hess. We're not doing top six, bottom six. You're doing what, like four <laughs> lines rolling through. So, uh, I don't know. Are we gonna? I guess you have a new coach, and we'll have to wait and see. But uh, well, Gustafson looks to mix in, as you said, fourth line and apparently kill. Yeah,
1: Dominic Toninato is still around, um, but I, I think that Toninato. Tana Nato could be a guy that plays with uh, Lowry and Appleton off the bat. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, I still have said this a number of times. I expect there to be another body or two. I mean, regardless of how significant the addition or a potential trade is going to be. Um, but I would think that, Apple, that Appleton and Lowry will certainly be together on that third line to begin. And I think through training camp, you'll see players like Jansen Harkins, Players like Dominic Toninato get the opportunity to skate with those guys. And, you know, it'd be a matter of finding out someone that is a complementary player to that style that they want that third line to play uh, that works out. As I said, I think David Gustafson's capable of that. And at times, maybe in a shutdown role, I think he probably brings a little bit more defensive responsibility. And maybe that's something that Rick Bonus in a spot that he uses him in. Um, But for the meantime, I think the Gus bus will be uh, parked in that four hole down the middle. Um, but I do think that the options and the opportunity for David Gustafson will be significantly greater than really any time
2: during his professional career here in Winnipeg. It's funny I'm pulling up uh, Cap Friendly and Daily Faceoff right now, and here I'll show you what they have for for the lines, and you can look at the contract real quick. Uh, Connor Dubois Perfetti. I mean, you can. This is just who's in the lineup, and obviously not. Set in stone or anything. Elos, Shafley, Wheeler, and they have Harkins, Lowry, Appleton. So your fourth line right now: Baron, Toninato and you can put Gustafson there, whatever order you want. like that's the forwards under contract. They only have what eleven that's NHL it. NHL forwards under contract, plus Gustafson, plus Kurt Perfetti. So I would think you can go and cap friendly and see what their cap space remaining is. But I would think that there is going to be room. Is there going to be a signing? We'll talk with Murat about who's who he thinks. But we've talked the last couple of weeks. Rodriguez. Who else is there? Sonny Milano. You know the guys available, or is there a trade? Uh, you know we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I don't. I still don't think they're done. And that was my thing last week. And nope. they, yeah, they have about six six million in cap space. But I don't think that includes uh, the Gustafson and and Perfetti, so maybe about five. Yeah. Now, now, here's what
1: I'll I'll say uh, uh, about that. Yes, I, I agree, and I think we're all in agreement that there'll be a player or two added. I mean, whether they're a complete depth player, like some of the defensemen that seem to be signed earlier on in free agency, or individuals that have a real chance of maybe playing up in the lineup, that remains to be seen. If we're just talking about opportunities on that fourth line, listen, I... You want to sign a veteran player that can come in and play a pre- specific role, sure. But there are players in the in the reorganization the right now, and I think of Jeff Millot the season that he had with the Manitoba Moose, he of course signed a new deal. Um, and I guess we'll see what Kevin Stenland is like. He's a 25-year-old that has some experience. At this point, I almost would be just as fine with giving younger players like that an opportunity to see if they can maybe exceed people's expectations as opposed to getting recycled older 30-plus veterans, um, especially considering where the Winnipeg Jets are right now, knowing that in the next year or two, there's going to be a significant turnover, presumably, with some of the players in the top six, the guys that have really been the cornerstones of this franchise for the better part of the last decade.
2: Yeah, I mentioned this last week i mean this is a big year for them because after this year you have wheeler chifley uh, hellebuck one year away from free agency and you know we've seen lately what happens uh, when players get to one year away from free agency you know looking at the matthew kachuk jonathan huberto mckenzie Weger trade i mean all the players were one year away from rfa or ufa and they and they got dealt so i think you have your you're seeing teams have to make a decision a bit early. Do you play it out and you know risk losing them for nothing, or do you re-sign them, or do you trade them and try to get something at the time? In and we'll have to see with the Jets season what kind of team that they have if they want to run it back again, or they're looking to make make some moves. I guess sorry, Dubois will be an RFA. Is an RFA again, and then he's in his final year of of T, yeah and then of course you can go to
1: arbitration as well you can sign the qualifying offer I mean I mean Dubois Hellebuck Wheeler Shifley all with two years left and that's why we heard this thing oh the windows two more years to your point the window is this year to get this thing turned around and try to contend because if this season looks like last season I'm not sure how many of those guys are still members of the team come trade deadline. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully we're talking with the team adding players at the deadline and being competitive in the playoffs. But that, of course, is a long, long ways away. So Mason Appleton coming up um, and we'll see if the Gus Bus can uh, come on talk about his summer. See if we can hook that up for some point next week. <clears throat> um, bombers, though, have released the depth chart for tomorrow's game. Home cooking. Great crowd expected. I saw DC say that they had we're over 28,500 right now. Um, but uh, Greg Ellingson back uh, an offense that already was really clicking now gets their most impactful receiver so far this season and uh veteran presence back. Um, Bombers are looking good right now to go to 10 and zero, and then finally enjoy a bye week ream.
2: Oh yeah. All that, you know, we spent so much time talking about how we're not talking about the schedule. You've been talking about it quite a lot, but uh Yeah, they're definitely in need of a buy, in need of some rest, recharge the batteries. And Greg Ellingson, he was their most targeted guy. He's coming back. The effect of that, Janarian Grant, who we thought was one of the players of the game uh, or in contention to be the player of the game last game with the punt return touchdown late and nice plays in the receiving game. He's going back to strictly returning. I wonder if they do find ways to get him in maybe for some gadget plays or something like that. But I think great to have Ellingson. You have the offense going. Uh, Jeff now he's in his second game back. I did see Trevor Harris starting for Montreal. And the Bombers, huge favorites, and look to go into the bye at 10-0. Oh, baby. Well,
1: uh, and, and, and you know what? This sort of does tie into the attendance story uh, for the game tomorrow. But um, as I mentioned, over 28-5, I mean, they're hoping to push and maybe exceed 30,000 for the game. And it looks like the Bombers, for the first time, I believe in their history, could lead the Canadian Football League in attendance. And, I mean, it's just another one of the great stories around this organization with the turnaround from when Wade Miller took over, Kyle Walters was, uh, you know, ascended into the GM role, and Mike O'Shea took over as head coach. It didn't happen overnight. But to see what they've built on the field and off the field is, frankly, phenomenal. It's the envy of the entire Canadian Football League. And um, it looks like everyone else is playing catch-up to the Bombers on the field
2: and in the stands right now, Remo. And uh, tomorrow, IG Field is definitely going to be the place to be. Yeah, great atmosphere always, IG Field. and. I think we're gonna have a great game. It might be a you think, might be a squash match, as you like to call it. Where I'd be, I'm down with that. With I'm gonna the, be taking the bombers minus twelve. Who are the bombers? Are I don't know who the big big baby face, and you got the the jobber coming in.
3: <laughs> Although it was pretty
2: close, close for a while. So I don't want to. But that's the what element.
1: wrestling's all about, you know. You give the yeah. impression that this is actually a. Competitive match, just a little bit of back and forth. And then all of a sudden the ref goes, okay, guys, wrap it up. And then,
2: uh, and then the jobber <laughs> yeah. jobs out. And that's what happened in the fourth quarter of last week. Look, anytime we can use a wrestling analogy on the show <laughs> to describe any sporting event, I'm, I'm here for that. So, uh, we're, I think I got to see some stuff on the, uh, on the Al's lineup, but Bombers, heavy favorites, looking strong. Bring it, bring it home into the bye and you get a week off and, I mean, what else can you say, Huss? We can just sit here and just talk about how great they are (laughs) and how people like going to the games, I guess. I'm I'm here for it. I mean,
1: it's a hell of a lot more fun than talking about how uh, everything is bad and, uh, you know, the team's not playing up to their potential. I mean, the Bombers are an absolute joy to be a fan of right now. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's a very fun team to talk about day in and day out. And uh, I'm here for it. I'm a positive guy. And there's no
2: more positive story around here than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I almost like ran out of stuff to say. It's just like, yeah, they're, they're awesome. Like, they don't really have. Last year was, oh, they're so mm-hmm. awesome. But, you know, they're kicking. It's not not working. <laughs> and, and this year, they don't even have that. It's going great. It was the um, running game. The running, running game wasn't was running, doing the no, job. No, that's fixed. That it's that great. Is. Brady's <laughs> look good the last last uh, two weeks. I took him on the over on Cool Bed and uh I hit that one. So uh, I didn't get the Dembski one last week. He was not not as involved as the week before, but they're healthy. Dembski, Ellingson back, Jeff Coat. So <laughs> this is exciting. Let's have another one. Don't don't have too close though, us it was a bit nervous there. We're tied heading in the fourth quarter last week. So we can't forget that.
1: <laughs> no doubt. All right. Anyways, uh, we hope to have Mason Appleton join us in a few minutes. <clears throat> we'll get back and a little later on we'll uh discuss with Murat the cap implications of Max Pacioretty's injury. I'm not sure if you caught it yesterday night, but it was announced that uh Max is going under su- surgery repair a ruptured Achilles and is out six months. Um, so what that does to the Canes, who I think thought that they sort of had some found money by getting him for future considerations from the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, but um, you know how that impacts, you know, both teams. So we'll touch on that a little later on. I did want to say quickly, um, Bream, went to the eyes game last night. Uh absolutely beautiful night at the ballpark. And it was hockey night. So there was lots of Jets gear, moose gear. The Connor McDavid shirt in the stands. A lot of people got into that. The fish wore a very cool gold eyes theme, like hockey jersey style jersey. And we all know the gold eyes do really cool uh, one-off, uh, one-off um, jerseys for their games. The Milwaukee Milkmen, however, uh, wear black jerseys on gray pants. I wish I'd sent you this picture that I took and we could put it up on the screen. Essentially, if you would put a number on the back of the umpire... You would have not been able to tell the ump from the team, which was uh, which was somewhat interesting. But the star of the game last night, in addition to a great win for the fish, was um, a new concession item that I've tried. And I think this is a contender for number one at Shaw Park, the barbecue bowl from Big Smoke Barbecue. And I tweeted that out last night, and it just does go to show... That, you know, we try and get all this great sports content, and we'll put out comments of you know Tim Stapleton or you know just people that come on interesting stuff. There's nothing that gets more engagement and reaction than food stuff, and um, this treat is a perfect example of that. I believe the commissioner of the American Association has said he needs to get back here. And for those of you wondering what it is, and for those of you on the podcast, it's a bowl. You got beans, mashed potatoes, coleslaw sausage, and brisket, and uh, my God, was it amazing. That was one of the last bastions of the ballpark that I had not tried. Uh Got into it last night, Remo, and uh, now I think it's only a matter of time before some consistent video
2: WST concession food reviews needs to be added to the WST portfolio. You tweeted this out yesterday, Hess, and you got 213... 213- likes on it, and a ton of responses, um, including, I believe, the commissioner of the American Association said that he wants to come and try it. So I think you hit the nail on the head. We do need to add more food reviews into the repertoire. And I will say this, the state of barbecue in Winnipeg, it's not not much. There's not much. So nice to see some bar- some legitimate barbecue. At the ballpark, and I'll and have I to believe,
1: go. I, I believe our buddy Gitch um, said, I'm going to have to come out and see the uh, big smoke in Steinbeck. Uh, yeah, I guess we're... they have a, a, a regular spot out there, so maybe we will do something like that. That would be fun. I was always a big Lovies guy, and I know Lovies isn't there anymore. Yeah. Um, and there isn't, as far as I know. I guess there's, um, what's that chain uh, from the States? Um, oh, Famous Dave's. Famous Dave's. There's a Famous Dave's yeah. out on the other side of the city. They I'm, don't really get to very much. But uh, anyways, if you do have any under-the-radar barbecue spots, you can let us know because that is certainly something that uh, I've developed an incredible affinity for down in Kansas City so many times. I would love to uh, love to be able to spread the gospel of some more good barbecue. But it's available at the ballpark, one of a million incredible things that you can get. And by the way, big week for the fish. Uh, well, maybe you have to get Andrew Collier on on Friday to talk about it. Because Friday night, they're doing some sort of a Manitoba social night, fireworks after the game. And then on Saturday is the Bark at the Park, which is always a very, very popular day for people to be able to bring their, um, uh, bring their dogs. Uh, you can check that out online at Goldeyes.com for information about that. And actually, you know, it's a perfect segue. And just before we bring in Mason Appleton, uh, Wallace and Wallace is sponsoring the uh, Bark at the Park at the Gold Eyes game Saturday, the 13th sponsored in part by Wallace and Wallace. If you and your furry friend will be at the game, watching the fish, take on the explorers. Don't forget to drop on by the Wallace and Wallace photo booth, get your pet portrait done and while you're there, ask them about their special offer. Bark in the Park ticket holders will get a hundred bucks off a chain link dog run or fence. And if you're not in the market for a dog run or been too busy enjoying summer to worry about replacing your fence, now's the time to visit them at wallacefences.com. Use their online calculator to compare costs on wood, vinyl, ornamental, and chain link, or simply give them a call to talk to an expert or visit them down at the showroom on Lawson Road. Going to be a lot of fun Saturday night for Bark at the Park at the ballpark. Um, We won't probably need to dress up for the baseball game, but uh, you know what's right around the corner. Back to normal post-summer and hopefully post-pandemic. And that means you may be in the market for, um, you know, maybe clothes to spiff it up. And, of course, we know F Apparel, the leader in custom suits for men in Winnipeg, starting at $400. Great deal right now. Three custom shirts for $210 as well. Not to mention all the accessories. Uh, So many options when it comes to the custom clothing that's available from F Apparel. Best bet is to go down and see them in person. 190 Smith Street. Make an appointment or find out more online at F, that's E-P-H, Apparel. Com. Barbecue season's here, tailgate season's here with the uh, football, and of course, the NFL right around the corner. And Vita Health Fresh Market is a great spot to stop because they're stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local organic and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices. Of course, barbecue season's here. They've got lean bison steaks, chicken, hot dogs, burgers, and great non alcoholic options like Sober Carpenter beer and clever mocktails to entertain your guests. Pop down and see them at one of seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, or check them out online at myvita.ca. And once again, a big thanks to our friends at Aikens Lake. What an amazing few days we had last weekend. If you're thinking about an amazing five-star fly-in fishing experience for you, family and friends, or a corporate outing, Find out more at AkinsLake.com or on Twitter at AkinsLake. Our good friend, Pitt Turen, will set you up uh, because they're booking quickly for next season. All right. Big month and big off season for our next guest. Let's welcome in, fresh off signing a new three-year deal. Oh, and tying the knot, Mason
0: Appleton of the uh, Winnipeg Jets.
1: Mason, what's going on? How are you?
0: I'm good. Uh, not a whole lot. Kind of just calming down after a crazy 10 days, but... Uh... No, good to be married, good to have that deal done, and just enjoying it now.
1: Yeah, you've basically uh, signed two very important deals over the last little while. We'll, we'll talk about the offseason and getting hitched and all that in a minute, but um, fill us in on uh, how the deal came together, um, how you feel about signing it. Three years with the Winnipeg Jets, a nice boost, and I'm sure for all parties involved, quite pleased to uh, avoid the arbitration process.
0: Yeah, uh, like you said right there, avoid arbitration. Uh, I think that was... You know, both sides kind of wanted to get something done, uh, before it got to that. So we were kind of happy to get it done over the weekend. Uh, you know, it's a process, obviously, you know, you're kind of working against each other in a sense, but, uh, that's the nature of the business. And then fortunately, you know, last Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it heated up and, uh, we were able to get it done. So, you know, I think it's a deal that, you know, I'm happy with, obviously it's a significant raise for me and, you know, the term is something that is also important, uh, you know being being in this city for three years uh it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome I think you know we got a lot of stuff to get done but uh just on the contract side of it I'm very happy that uh you know I'm locked up for three years here
1: you know I mean just kind of putting this all into perspective I mean last year we were on this program talking about um the loss of you to the lineup heading to the exciting new as team in the Seattle Kraken and I'm sure midway through last season when things weren't going that well personally for the team, um, you know, you fast forward till now you're back with the Winnipeg Jets, a team that obviously, you know, didn't want to lose you in the first place. And now with the new three year deal, um, uh, it, it's been quite a year for you, but I imagine you're pretty excited about being where you are right now and having the, the certainty of your hockey future and life really for the next three years here in the peg.
0: hundred uh, percent. You know, last year was an off season where it was nothing I've ever experienced. You know, you didn't, you didn't really know where you were headed. And you know, that sucks. Like I still had a contract in place, but you didn't know where I was, or I didn't know where I was playing. So it, it was different. And then when the expansion draft happened, obviously I was, you know, excited to be going there, but disappointed that I was leaving Winnipeg. So once again, it was kind of a mixed, mixed bag of feelings. And uh, obviously the season was what it was. And, you know, at the deadline, uh, Seattle unloaded, you know, six, eight guys, and I happened to be one of them and I was happy to come back to uh you know, a team in city that I know and that I believe in. So, you know, we didn't have the finish of the season that we wanted to. Obviously, you know, a different, different year with coaching change and all that. But uh, I think we're, we're very eager to prove what we believe we are. And, uh, you know, it's going to start uh, real soon here.
1: Well, uh, Mason Appleton of the Winnipeg Jets with us here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Speaking of last season, I mean, you weren't there for the majority of the year. You sort of came in late, hooked right back up with your old running mate, Adam Lowry. Um, but when you think of you know what you saw, what you heard from teammates at the end of the year, uh, there's so much talent on this team. Uh, what do you think was missing last year? What do you hope will be different when you guys get going uh, with a clean slate at the beginning of October?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the part that everyone is kind of searching for because you take the year prior where we go and sweep Edmonton and then you know we lose to the team that loses in the finals. You, you think you're knocking on the door, and then. Really, the only you know you lost me to start the year, but you gained some, you know, good veteran NHL defensemen. So you kind of thought, damn, this is a team that's that's right there knocking on the door. And then you find yourself kind of on the outside looking in just after Christmas, and you're you're scratching your head, thinking, you know, what's wrong? Like, what's the answer here? And you know, sports, it's it's not an easy answer ever. There's there's a lot of gray in a lot of different areas. And I think uh, you know we've kind of all took this summer to. To reflect and you know figure out who we are as a team, who we are as individuals, and you know what what more we can bring to the table, uh, collectively and and uh, on our own. So I think that we're all kind of in a spot where we're all eager to prove that there's more because when you're not in the playoffs, uh, it's a long summer and it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. So I think I think we're all really hungry to prove that that this roster is built for the playoffs and it is built for run. And that last year was just uh you know a one off and it's not who we are as a hockey hockey team.
1: Uh, uh, Mason, the biggest change of the off season, not as much on the ice, but it's on the, behind the bench with Rick bonus coming over from the Dallas stars. Um, I knew he, we had him on the program I mean, he's such a fun guy to talk to. He's got a great positive attitude. I'm just wondering, uh, how much you've had a chance to talk to the new head coach and what were your first impressions and what was that, what was that first convo like with Rick? What did he have to say about the direction going forward for you and your teammates?
0: Yeah. I uh, talked to them, you know, kind of when he got hired and then uh, a little bit after I just signed. And, uh, he, he obviously seems like a very personable and nice guy. Uh, I've heard that a lot too. You know, it's, it's a small world and you hear a lot about different players and coaches and that, but I haven't heard a bad word about him, which is unbelievable. And you, you can't be in this league for that long and, and not be a good guy. So you gotta be a good coach and you gotta be a good guy. And I think we have both in both in him. And, uh, He's not. He's not going to take this job if he didn't believe in this team. You know, at his at his stage in his career, he he wants to win and he wants to win a Stanley Cup. And obviously, he believes in the Winnipeg Jets. Else, he wouldn't you know be here right now. So uh, I think that goes to show a lot about the team we have and how much he believes in us. And you know, I think it's going to be great to have that uh, you know fresh voice behind all of us and you know achieving new things with him uh, in charge. So I think we're all really excited to have him behind the bench.
1: Uh, Mason. You know, it's interesting. And we've spoken over the years back when you were, you know, cutting your teeth with the Manitoba Moose. I remember actually speaking with you, I think, on the day you got drafted in the sixth round. I mean, it's a long, uh, it's been a long and circuitous route, especially considering where you went last year. But, you know, you're now an established National Hockey Leaguer. You've got a uh, you've got a contract uh, that's going to keep you here for the next three years. The team is also somewhat different right now. I mean, you're a more mature veteran player. You lose a guy like Andrew Kopp at the deadline. Paul Stastny's not back. Um, have you thought at all about the upcoming season and personal goals for yourself? I mean, um, is there an opportunity for you to, you know, maybe play higher in the lineup? Is that something you aspire to do? Or is it a matter of doing whatever you can do to help this team do what the goal yeah, is every night? No, and cliche. that's get two points.
0: Yeah. It's cliche to say, uh, you know, you're going to do whatever it is to make the team help the team win this and that. And, and, but that's true. And with that is when, you know, the, the personal achievements jump, I believe. So, you know, you have that team first mindset and that approach that you just want to be the best for the team and help win hockey games. And then that's when you see your minutes and numbers climb and you can't go into a season saying, you know, my goal is to play on the first line and score 40 goals because, you know, there's only one way to measure that. Uh, And I don't believe in that. You know, I think it's just that daily approach of being the best pro you can be and only comparing yourself to yourself and, you know, keeping, keeping that positive attitude and pushing forward through a long 82 game season. So, you know, if I take care of that, uh, that's when you see, you know, a, a jump in your playing time, a jump in your production and things like that. But a lot can change through throughout the season. You don't know where injuries are. You know, there's, there's just so much unknown that you can't get wrapped up in those types of things. Uh, else, you'll, you'll drive yourself nuts at night. So uh for me, it's just being the best version of myself and coming to work every single day with that uh, right attitude and, and working my tail off. And then I'll kind of let the rest take care of itself.
1: The funny thing is, I mean, you say you can never count on anything. The one thing we really could count on is that 22 would be riding with 17. Um, Tell us about playing with Adam Lowry. I mean, uh, the connection you guys have had and uh, just your level of comfort coming back to playing consistently with Lowry at the end of last season, presumably in next after all of the changes and the uncertainty of uh, playing with a brand new expansion team.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I love playing with flowers. I think probably my last 80 games I've been on his wing for probably 78 of the 80. So, uh, it's, he's a hell of a player and he's a guy that you know, his teammates love him and, uh, he can play at every end of the ice. He, he's a guy who can, you know, win that draw at the last minute of a game, either in the ozone or the D zone. And, you know, he's a guy you count on in the room as well. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Adam. Uh, you know, he's one of my best buddies and I love, I love going to war with him. So, uh, you know, playing on his wing is its a good thing, and uh, it gives you a lot of responsibility, too. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I have a blast playing with him. I think we read off each other really well. Both kind of just play a little more of a simple north-south game, get pucks in the net, score greasy goals, and then uh, defend our butts off. So I think that's kind of our M.O., and that's, uh, that's who we are as a line when we're playing together. So, you know, I look forward to hopefully keeping that rolling
1: chatting with Mason Appleton fresh off signing a new three three year deal with the Winnipeg Jets here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. By the way, gang, if you haven't already hit that red subscribe button, we are just about at 8,000 subscribers. Would love to get there in time for the marble race tomorrow. Um, So uh, if you haven't already hit that red subscribe button and uh, let's get to that number. So Mason, we we're talking about the contract in next year, but that wasn't, hopefully you signed longer than a three year deal. Uh, you know, a little while, tell us about, uh, uh about the big life changes and the uh, getting married, uh,
0: where you did it and uh, how it all went. That was really good. Uh, we were up at our family lake house in Northern Wisconsin, uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere, honestly, you know, it's a decent sized lake, but only eight ten cabins on the lake. So it's pretty secluded. Uh, I know a lot of the guys, I'm sure when they were driving in, they're thinking, where the hell am I going right now? But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a really special day. Uh, weather was great. Uh, you know, we were, we had a tent basically on the beach on the water. So, uh, you, you couldn't have dreamed it better. And, uh, you know, soup, it was just, it was a surreal night. Uh, yeah, there's a pick right there, but you know, I'm, mean, I'm excited for our future and hopefully, uh, settling down in Winnipeg. So, uh, yeah, can't say enough good things about that day. It was, it was a dream come true.
1: Okay. I have to ask you, uh, any of the fellas, the teammates come out and, um, how were they well behaved? Uh, was anyone with the shirt off and the tie wrapped around their head at the reception? I mean, uh, f- fill us in. Take us behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, there was there were certainly some of those, myself included. Uh, <laughs> you know, we get we get feeding off each other, and then it then we get going for a little bit. But uh, nobody too bad, which was which was good. You never want to be that guy that's that's too hammered at a wedding. But uh, I'm sure we all overserved ourselves just the right amount. It was good.
1: Um, Uh, uh, Now, uh, your uh, your wife, you, of course, are a Green Bay native. We've talked many times about growing up. I mean,
0: it's religion there. Is your new wife a cheesehead as well? She is. And I don't know if I can marry someone that was a fan of uh, any other team. So uh, thank God she's a Packer fan as well.
1: I mean, that's the old thing. She's 10, but she's a Vikings fan. Yeah. Uh, that,
3: zero.
1: Uh, yeah that wouldn't have gone over. Uh, that wouldn't gone over very well. Um, so listen, it's been a crazy last couple of weeks for you. Fill us in now. Uh, what's up for you for the rest of, uh, of August, um, as you prepare to uh, come back and hopefully get off to a great start with the Winnipeg Jets.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you really buckled down the training now. Uh, you know, I'll probably be heading back to Winnipeg in just over a month. So yeah, it's go time here. You know, you're on the ice three, four days a week, and you're in the gym five days a week. So it's it's doing everything can, you can to get your body and uh, mind wrapped around uh, starting the season. So a lot of hard work in this next month and, you know, going to come to camp in, in great shape and uh, you're ready to work hard.
1: I imagine from a life perspective, uh, uh, I mean, especially knowing you've got the contract done, you've signed the uh, most important deal with your new wife, and you're coming back to Winnipeg, uh, Probably a m- very different comfort level as to where you are right now than all the uncertainty that you had heading over to the West Coast last season around this time.
0: Yeah, c- completely different feel. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's a great time right now for me and for my wife. And I think, you know, having that contract certainty, too, is, is massive. Uh, you know, hopefully maybe buy a house here in the next month or two. And, you know, you don't got to live out of a suitcase and rent places, hopefully, hopefully uh anymore so we're, we're excited for that as well uh you know going to Seattle was, was certainly an experience uh some good some bad but happy to be on a three-year deal here and really happy to be back in Winnipeg.
1: Uh, okay, we can't have you uh, with us without looking ahead to the football season. What's the vibe in Wisconsin about the Packers? 12 is back. And will you dress up like Nick Cage for the first day of training camp like Aaron Rodgers did going to Lambeau this year? What was that?
0: <laughs> I know. That, that's Rodgers. He he likes to do that type of stuff. Uh The vibe's good. Uh, you know, you, you lose 17, uh, your, you know, your best offensive weapon and and that hurts, but I think the draft, they went out and got some guys that can, you know, make plays offensively. And then you had Sammy Watkins, hopefully, you know, he can stay healthy and get back to his, uh, you know, his form where he's an elite receiver in this league. But I think, you know, when you got 12 under center, you can, you can win about any football game. You always got a great chance and the defense is even gotten better. Uh, a lot of those younger guys who were playing, playing big minutes, uh, you know, they just got that experience where the D is going to be even better this year. I think it's a top three defense in football. And then, you know, like I said, anytime you got Aaron Rodgers under center, you got a chance to win. So, uh, like where we're at again, uh, you know, it's kind of got to get over that hump in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I expect it to be, you know, a 12-win team again. So, it uh, should be a good year. Uh, who uh,
1: Now that Devontae Adams
0: is gone, yeah,
1: <laughs> there's the picture of Rodgers and Nick Cage. Just an, sure. a, an ultimate, ultimate arrival uh, from one of the all-time greats. With Adams gone... What receivers from the Packers should we be targeting in fantasy when we get to our drafts? Is it Lazard or is it yeah, Watson, I think, I think the Lazard kid from is, Fargo? I think
0: Lazard is gonna be a legit number one. Uh, you know, he's got uh you always talk about how when a when a young backup quarterback gets to sit behind a Aaron Rodgers or a Brett Favre for a couple of years and learn. I think that's the same with uh, you know, a Lazard and sitting behind Devontae and even learning from from a Randall Cobb, you know, there's just so much knowledge that he can take in. And Lazard's also been He's been a guy that's done a lot of dirty work for the Packers, too. A lot of, you know, big blocks and bubble screens. You know, he's always working his tail off. Uh, he, he doesn't get the credit he deserves sometimes. And I think this year he's going to get a lot more touches. And, you know, he, his production could certainly go up.
1: Hey, uh, by the way, what's the uh, what's the status of the uh, Winnipeg Jets fantasy football league? Wasn't cop the commissioner before? I mean, where where are things at? You guys better get that league in that draft set up.
0: I know. Uh, I think we were just in a group chat all it on each other to be the commissioner because I don't know if anyone wants to do it, but uh don't worry, we'll get we'll get the league going.
1: Yeah, just don't end up like Jock Peterson with uh, with Tommy Pham. I don't know if you got that earlier this year, one of the more infamous fantasy uh fantasy uh, incidents of all time, and it just happened to be involving Major League Baseball players. Mason Appleton's with us. Hey, just on the way out. Uh, have, you ever, have you been to any Bomber games? Have you paid attention to all the, what's going on? Nine and zero right now, looking to go ten and zero tomorrow night.
0: That's unreal. Yeah. I actually, I was just reading some tweets about them uh, last night. I, I did not know they were 9-0, but I, I have been to a couple too. Uh, that's unreal. Uh, obviously, they've been so good for the last, last little stretch here. It's, it's crazy to keep a team together like that and keep winning. So good on them.
1: Well, we'll look forward to seeing uh, you and your teammates at camp and maybe out at a game before we drop the puck. Congratulations on the nuptials. Congrats on the new three-year deal, Mason. And I can't wait to see you and your teammates get after it come September in training camp here in the peg. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Talk again soon. There it is, Mason Appleton of the Winnipeg Jets here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Great chat to get things going. We'll talk a little more Jets and more NHL offseason with Marat Atesh coming up in just a few minutes. Um, Big thanks to our friends at Culligan Water for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Family-owned and the experts in the water game in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba for over 65 years. They've got everything you need. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whether you need... For your home, for your cottage, for the office, Culligan is the spot. Give them a call at 694-5180. Pop by and see them at 1200 Sargent Avenue or check out everything they can do for you and your family at drinkculligan.com. Royal Sports, busy, busy looking ahead to the season. We just had a little football talk at the end of our chat with Mason Appleton. Of course, whatever your favorite team is. In the National Football League, Royal Sports has all the best NFL merchandise coming in for the upcoming season. But maybe more importantly and more timely, do you have your blue ready for tomorrow night? Pack in the stadium and cheer on the Bombers to hopefully get to 10-0. Royal Sports is your number one sports merchandise uh, stop. Whether it comes to the Bombers and Jets or your favorite team from around the world of sports, they've got it. Not to mention they are the hockey superstore in Winnipeg. And some great summer activities, soccer, softball, baseball, bikes, disc, golf, tennis, and more. It's all there at Royal 750 Pemina Highway. Follow them on Insta at Royal Sports Pemina for their latest merchandise drops and sale in formation. Um, big shout out to the gang over at Not Auto Corp as well. I'm looking forward to seeing Trev and the gang at the game tomorrow night. Um, we had Milt Stiegel on, longtime Not guy yesterday on the program. And, of course, we've seen the amazing Milt ad right there. Uh, great to have Milt on the program and obviously great to have Not on board with us at Winnipeg Sports Talk. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, before you do anything, head on over to Knot. Why not get into the Car of Your Dreams at an amazing price with the help of the Knot team, Waverly and McGilvery, or online. At not.ca. And uh, hey, big cheers to Nick and Nikki over at the Nick and Nikki DQ group. I do know the Dr. Goodbear popping by a couple of the uh, locations tomorrow, helping out with the children's uh children's hospital. Nick and Nikki a great supporter of theirs, and of course, us here at WST, Blizzards, Stack Burgers, and more. It's the time of the year to. Make regular trips to DQ, and hey, if you do need a DQ ice cream cake, save some time. Hit them up on Insta DQ Manitoba. Let them know exactly what you want. They'll get it ready for you quick and easy to pick up at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs: Niverville, Northgate, Polo Park, and DQ Saint Anne's. Big thanks to Nick and Nikki for their support of WST. All right, um, lots of love for Mason Appleton in the uh, in the chat. Uh, man, that was a great conversation. And yes, for those that are that are wondering, we will definitely give Appleton a marble in the marble race on Friday. Uh, but anyway, thanks to him for joining us. Really enjoyed that. Um, and now let's talk a little bit more about his contract, David Gustafson, and uh, more topics in and around the Winnipeg Jets with our good friend Marat Atesh of The Athletic. Marat, what's going on? How are you? Oh, I think we got you muted. I'm not sure oh, if that's Oh, there that you was go. was me. That, sorry,
2: that was me.
3: Oh, Remo. Oh, you know, what a... Hustler takes one week off and everything just <laughs> falls apart. <laughs> Those no, two I
1: days. Sh- he actually did hold it down
3: quite well. You, uh, you were, I guess, we're on with Remo. You tell me. How did he do? No, he was great. He was great. He, re- he ran the ship quite well. Um, glad to be back, though. And, uh, you know, glad to be talking hockey with you again. What do you want to start with?
1: Well, you know what, let's talk, uh, I mean, we just had Mason Appleton on. I'm not sure how much of the conversation you caught. I mean, uh, you know, it's neat. We've we've spoken to a number of guys, you know, heard from the other players. I mean, Adam Lowry, you know, there is a real sense of optimism, but also sort of, you know, a recognition of how disappointing last season was and how much more they're capable of. Um, but for Mason Appleton, I mean, a big, big milestone for him in his career. This is a sixth round pick comes back to Winnipeg, gets a three-year contract, and all at the same time ends up uh, getting married in the last couple days. Uh, Big changes. But this young man comes in as a more established NHLer. I think someone that's going to be counted on a lot more this season than he maybe had been in the past.
3: Yeah, exactly the goal, exactly the target. I mean, there have been times when Mason Appleton has really shone for the Winnipeg Jets, especially that year leading up to him being taken by the Seattle Kraken. I remember the 2015 line pretty fondly with him, Jansen Harkins, and Jack Roslovic that played just three or four games together, but they were demons on the forecheck, and Appleton has that energy, that speed, that willingness to take the body, and you know, as sort of a poor man's power forward, and I don't mean that as a as a disparaging remark. You mean I just mean as a second or a third line player who can turn the corner on guys, um, beat them around the the hole get their hip, and then go. Um, Mason Appleton's skill set's pretty unique on the Winnipeg Jets. I also think it's good tidings for Winnipeg. I mean, we've talked about so much stuff this this year, this summer, this off season. But for him to give up two years of unrestricted free agency, he's a player that wanted term and he's a player that wanted to stick around in Winnipeg, Um, just like, say, Adam Lowry is running mate on that line, uh, likely, uh, who also was at his wedding and all that sort of stuff as well. You can start to see the roster take shape with the signing like that. And hopefully um, that second line goal, because I know he got just a few second line minutes in Seattle before Winnipeg picked him up. It hadn't he hadn't quite gone off in that role yet, but that's probably the next major target for Mason Appleton's career.
1: Well, and and I'm interested in your perspective on that. I mean, digging into some of the numbers, and um, you know, one of the things that really stands out when you look at um, you know the analytics of Mason Appleton's play and really stands out on top of most of his teammates is his effectiveness on the forecheck. And listen, that is the bread and butter of that third line and will continue to be. But I'm interested in whether you think that Mason Appleton, if he can take a step forward and maintain being that demon on the forecheck, might be a great complementary player in the top six to some more skilled forwards that frankly need somebody to go and get
3: the puck. Absolutely. I think that's a skill set that Winnipeg needs, um, especially in that top six where there's, you know, perhaps other than Pierre-Luc Dubois, who can use a size to be sure. Most of the skill is on the puck and not necessarily at recovering the puck with the guys that you would assume will play in the top six. You know, Blake Wheeler at various stages of his career was, you know, an elite version of that. But I'm not sure that he has the, the wheels or the dominance right now to make that impact on the game, assuming he's back on the club, which, you know, at this point we'll see. Um, so let's say that everybody returns and the roster is as we know it there could be room at this stage of each player's career for Mason Appleton to take some of those second-line right-wing minutes, uh, say with Connor and with Dubois as well, as a just-good-enough a good enough offensive player to contribute there, but somebody who's going to win pucks as well and help them play in the right area of the ice. You don't have to be elite, but you have to be a smart, complementary player to really help those guys tick. Um, there are also all, any number of possibilities with Nikolai Ehlers, Mark Chifley, etc. Um, that job and that position... Is I don't want to say open because as long as Blake Wheeler is a Winnipeg Jet, he has a certain kind of stature. But certainly one of Rick Bonus's challenges will be to spread out the minutes, get everybody involved, get everybody um, you know involved more so than previous Jets regimes. And this is something Bonus has done well in other markets. So on those nights when Mason Appleton is going. You know, those minutes should be there for the taking. And I think he had only just begun to find the offensive chemistry with Yanni Gord and others in Seattle right before uh, before things uh, before he became a Winnipeg Jet again. Pardon me. Um, So I think it's still a, a role for him to claim as opposed to something that we can say for absolute certain that he's locked down at any point in his career so far.
1: Yeah, no, but I I just think that there is the upside and certainly the Jets are feeling this. I mean, it was not an insignificant amount of money that they gave Mason. I mean, he'll be making a big raise. I mean, over $2 million or $2 in the first year and two and a quarter in the next couple. And I think that's sort of um, you know, as a recognize rec- uh, recognition, I should say, um that they do believe that there is more capable of him. And I just when I think about the way that he plays and what he brings to the table, I mean, he's probably not going to be the trigger man on one of those top two lines. But if you can find a spot where he makes and gives his linemates more opportunity to play with the puck in the offensive zone, That's a good thing for the Winnipeg Jets and for all the talk about Blake Wheeler and if he's back with the team, where he's going to be playing and does he take a a lesser role? You can only do that if you have someone else that can go into those spots and, you know, be as effective um, as Wheeler has been, which is a pretty high bar over a number of years. I don't think he'll ever be a 90 point guy. But it would be a very interesting option for Rick Bonus if they do try through the preseason to see, you know, if Appleton might be a good complementary player. Because if that happens, then I think you're in a better spot on the right side right now. It's pretty clear. And when we went through Travis Yo's piece. I mean, right side depth right now for the Winnipeg Jets is, uh, is a major issue up front. Um, and it's frankly near the bottom of the league when you sort of compare it to the depth charts of many of the other teams.
3: Well, the only way to change that in an instant is to put Nikolai Ehlers on that side, right? Um, I think that if you encounter him as a right wing, things get a lot better in, in a hurry. And pardon me if uh, if Yost included him on that on that, I just assume he typically gets li- listed as a yeah, left fighter. Yeah,
1: he did. He did. The Jets looked a lot better on the left side with both Connor and Ehlers as opposed to <laughs> no the doubt. right side.
3: Because there's two, I mean, there's two clear first line players, no matter what. In my mind, I don't mean they have to both be on the first line, but they deliver that quality. And Nikolai Ehlers is one of them. Mm-hmm. Kyle Connor is the other, with the season that he just had. And certainly, he'll look to get the uh, the defensive side of things going as well, so that his impact looks better. But Kyle Connor just exploded offensively last year, and I think that he's still in that height of his offensive career. Mark Scheifele can do it when the defense is there. He's a first-line capable player as well. Pierre-Luc Dubois can do it when he's going. But then you get into players that I would call middle six players right now. And that's where I see Blake Wheeler. And I also see Mason Appleton on that cusp, which gives Winnipeg an opportunity to have multiple looks. You might throw Cole Perfetti into that mix as well if he stays healthy and progresses the way that we imagine. But unless... Bonus commits hard to that checking line the same way he did in Dallas with Radic Faxa and others, you know, with Adam Lowry, perhaps Mason Appleton, and he really sments those guys in. I think one of the things that we should look for is a certain amount of flexibility in that middle six. And that includes exactly what you're talking about, the possibility of occasional flip-flopping of Wheeler and Appleton, who I think has, a, has the opportunity to step up a little bit.
1: The other signing that was uh, just announced was that the Gus bus back two year deal. I mean, very close to league minimum, uh, just under 800 K. Um, what did you think of the deal? The fact that they got it done in the, the second year. I mean, when I look at that, I think, and I mean, maybe this is me putting on the very optimistic hope, but I mean, I'm a big, I'm an unabashed fan of David Gustafson. I watched a lot of the moose last year. I was heartbroken for him the way things work when he did get his call, because I really thought he was ready to prove that he's, an everyday national hockey leaguer. Um, But I'll say that if he does get that chance and makes it happen, which I think certainly looked at the depth chart, that opportunity is there. This could be one of those ELC, very cheap deals that could really help the team, especially in year two, Murat.
3: Well, I think that that's that's one of the keys of this deal. It's 775, isn't, isn't that what it is? And that's an incredibly playable contract in any cap environment. And I know that the Jets have a little bit of space right now. They're not up against it the way they've been in recent seasons with LTIR and Brian Little and all of that sort of stuff. There's a little bit of room. But what Gustafson's number does is it makes him so easy to slot into just about any roster configuration. The other thing to keep in mind is that I know the first year is, uh, is two-way, which means he'll make much less in the AHL if, he, if that's where he plays. And the second year is one-way, which means he makes the same amount of money either way. But he's already lost his waivers exemption. So if he's to be a Manitoba Moose this fall, Winnipeg has to pass him through waivers. And I get enough, you know, perfunctory emails about the quality of David Gustafson from people on other teams that I don't think that he passes through. It's it's a little bit unique how young he is to have lost the waiver exemption. But remember, he played. 22 games as a 19 year old in 2019 20 and that started the clock ticking towards three seasons of professional experience specifically for waivers exemption reasons all of this to say he needs to pass through waivers i don't think he will so if you're looking at the contract he signed today on um, the the cheap nature of it 775k the fact that prior to his injuries he looked like a player on that cusp you know i think he's in that mix morgan Barron's in that mix Janssen harkins is in that mix There are some guys who haven't played enormous NHL roles for various reasons. And Gustafson, if he can stay healthy, this is his time. Fire up that Gus bus contractually because of waivers. I I really think he's an NHL player coming out of training camp.
1: Well, I'm with you as well. And I mean, to be honest, I would say that, I mean, the two-way nature of the first year of the deal to me is pretty much a moot point for exactly what you rolled out. I don't think the Jets would be comfortable taking the chance that he would get picked up and losing him for nothing. And the other side of it is they don't have anybody else right now. I mean, look (laughs) at the depth chart. I mean, David Gustafson is absolutely under any configuration of this roster in your top 12, in my opinion, on
3: opening night. Yeah, I mean, he could go, in my mind, as high as third line left wing. Like, if you lay out the top six with Scheifele, Ehlers, uh, Wheeler, Dubois, Perfetti, and Kyle Connor, well, then you have Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton as two-thirds of your third line um well who steps into that spot I know the Jets were fond of Morgan Barron he's he ended the season strong he played a great playoffs but David Gustafson should be right in that mix then you've got a little bit more experience in Jansen Harkins who hasn't quite taken that leap that I think folks expect he's been in a tough spot where he plays seven or eight minutes every night and I I think he's a like Svechnikov very confidence driven players. And when they got top six minutes, they looked a little bit more useful. And when they didn't, they really did not. So we'll see. There's a, there's a mix. But if you're asking me to go forward with those guys, I mean, Gustafson is as good as anybody in that third-line left-wing spot, if not fourth-line center to anchor it himself. And just to to reiterate something I, I've mentioned a few times, bonus is history, actually most NHL coaches' history, but bonus should be noted for this. They spread the minutes between line one and line four a little bit more evenly, ever so slightly more evenly than Winnipeg has done in recent years. So being on the fourth line shouldn't automatically mean six or seven minutes the way that it used to. That's that's the hope. And that could be a way that these guys get their opportunity to shine.
1: Well, and certainly, I mean, listen, the opportunity is going to be there. The job will be up to them to make the most of that chance. Um, But I think... With a new voice, a new philosophy behind the bench, and Rick Bonus, um, you know, the ceiling for those guys on the fourth line isn't going to be five and a half minutes and uh, maybe a couple PK shifts. Murata Tesh is with us from the Athletic uh, with the uh, latest on the Winnipeg Jets, a couple re signings, Appleton and David Gustafson. So, where does that leave Winnipeg right now? Cap wise, Murata, I mean, if you pull up Cap Friendly, it lists the Winnipeg Jets at projected cap space of just over $6 million. I believe that's not exactly right because Cole Perfetti still is technically on injured reserve. You do have potential for some bonuses. But um, to simplify it for folks, how much cap space do the Jets actually have to use? And then we can get into the question of how that can best be used to improve the team before they drop the puck.
3: Yeah, I mean, the Jets have easily a few million. I'll put it that way right now. And I I mean, the the full details are broken down in my latest at The Athletic. We're talking about potential UFA signings because there's a few guys out there that could still be useful. But the things to know, if you start off at cap friendly right now, you got to get Cole Perfetti off the injured reserve and onto that roster because his cap hit will apply. That's where some of the bonuses will come from. Um, The other thing that's interesting is with as many defensemen as Winnipeg has right now, um, probably for cap calculation purposes, start Ville Heinola and Dylan Sandberg in the AHL because they don't require waivers. Jonathan Kovacevic does require waivers. In an ordinary world, I would think of him as the, the probable seventh defenseman on this team, but we know that the, the blue line is crowded and there's quite a lot of else going on. So those are the types of wrinkles to fit into this. At the same time, mo- many of those guys all make similar money. The short of it is, Winnipeg's actually entering the cap are entering the season with cap space. We're looking at you know a little bit around that three four million, depending on how much do you want to save for bonuses and the rest. Um, and that's enough room to to do a number of things. Winnipeg could hold on to that space, and because they're not on LTIR, which is the first time in years, they'll build up space every single day of this season. They could add quite a substantial salary by trade deadline day if they want to. There's the option of you know, perhaps using that space as part of a trade still if there's a little bit more work that Winnipeg wants to do to reshape their roster. And certainly they have so many defensemen could use help up front. And there's also the possibility that they're still poking around the unrestricted free agency market. And I know Ken Weeb has reported that they had made offers to Callie Jornkrok. They had made um, offers to Danton Heinen, pardon me, as well. So they, they've poked around this idea of a middle six winger before. There are still guys out there on the market that could potentially help um if winnipeg is interested in that way it's nice for them to have choices in a way that they really haven't had flexibility wise for several years now
1: well and, and you know you mentioned the uh, the latest piece in the athletic winnipeg jets options on the unrestricted free, ar- free agent market who's left and what price and we'll get to that in a minute but i I wanted to ask you, I mean, the more I think about this right now and and you just see the bind that so many teams are in when it comes to the cap and how hard and how valuable cap space is. Do you think it's more likely the Jets use that space or use that space to just sign a player on the unrestricted market or... Somewhat weaponize that cap space, utilize it to get the most out of a trade with one of these teams that desperately needs to find a way to cut a few
3: million dollars off the books. You know what? I think both are options and options that should be explored because cap space is at a premium. You know, this is an... I don't want to say an artificial environment, but a few years ago, this would have been a surprise right before the pandemic, before revenues were affected. I think most teams, most people were anticipating a cap higher than $82.5 million right now. Um, That's been slow growth. And whereas now we know that things are tight at the beginning of all of this, they were still signing players. There's not I guess proportionally, a lot of cap space has been used up around the league. I'll put it that way, which makes cap, and, cap space as, as valuable as ever. Um, so that's that's a possibility, especially given the fact that, you know, I think Dubois is back. I think Shifley is back. All of those things we were worried about. I think at least this season we see that play out. Blake Wheeler, I, I still wonder about his future, but it seems like he may be back as well. Um, there are potential trades, if not immediately, at some point in the next year or two coming Winnipeg's way. And cap space will help an uh, an awful lot. But I also want to, you know, just, you know, uh, take a look at recent history. And, you know, I trust Ken Weeb's reports that Winnipeg has made offers to unrestricted free agents. So, as tempting as it is to hold on to that cap space and all of that sort of stuff, I think that we have evidence that Winnipeg is willing to use some of it they're not going to spend all of it necessarily but some of it to bolster this group because they're trying to run it back they could use a little bit of help um and you know in that top nine as well so both are options to explore it hardly looks like a roster that is complete here and now whether they get to that before camp or not i'm not sure You know what,
1: listen, just before we get to some of these names that you've got in the article, you mentioned Blake Wheeler and I guess I'm of the opinion that as we get closer and closer to camp, I mean, the likelihood that he's back continues to increase and I'm on record saying that, you know, if they make a trade for Blake Wheeler, it is a culture shift, it's a change in leadership, it's all those things. It's very difficult to make your team better on the ice, I think, right now for game number one of the regular season if Blake Wheeler's not there. But my question, Murat, is we've kicked this around with some of the other guys next this week. If Wheeler is back, considering all the talk that both he and the team were looking for another spot, how do you think that is handled? What's the best way, shall I put it that way, for them to handle it? Um, because it's a very unique situation. There's still questions as to about the captaincy, about, you know, so many things around it um, of why we were even hearing about the trade in the first place. If it doesn't happen, what does that do to camp and in particular Blake's role within the team?
3: Well, I think the press release or the 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 message box is easy to write, and i don't I don't want to give Blake or or the Jets too many ideas on this one, but it would be incredibly easy for them to say, "Well, look, we didn't say anything. You guys said it all. it was it was all you. It was all media speculation. Um so you know, I'm back. I'm happy to be back. I'm looking forward to the season ahead. We're not looking back. We're looking forward. You know we have some very good players in here, and we're looking to make the playoff or whatever else the whatever else it is at the same time you know uh, multiple sources to the point I'm comfortable saying like ha- have suggested that Winnipeg has poked around trading wheelers since the draft and and really at various times throughout the summer um so do they have to speak to that no they don't really have to address speculation they've been really good at this in the past you know Patrick Laine disparaging Brian Little supposedly in Finnish or or what have you they ran right into camp there was one interview um, Wheeler and little each said, Oh yeah, don't worry. That's just Patrick lining wants to play more. Of course he does. And they've kind of tried to move on from that. Um, I think this is an even easier situation from them, at least PR wise to just spin and say, Hey, well, look, that was all you guys were, we're here to win or whatever else that is. Um, how does that impact his, his stature as a leader? I think that there could still be, um, I think that would still be a, a situation of sorts because He's not a wallflower. Blake Wheeler is not going to step back and not be himself and not get competitive when things are competitive and not spit nails to use his, his old phrase when, when, uh, when he would traditionally want to spit nails. That's a, that's a a situation. And are they able to communicate through whatever frictions there have been in the past, if any, um, to, 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 to allow for that possibility as well. I mean, that's kind of up to them and You know, I'd be curious, especially without Paul Stastny as well, who I believe was a veteran bridge between Wheeler and some of the younger guys as well. It's a situation to watch. I don't have too much insight to offer on it, to be honest, I don't think.
1: Well, I I mean, to me, I mean, the one thing I think we can be guaranteed of is the most impactful person in this outside of Wheeler himself um, is going to be Rick Bonus. And listen, I... I think we have saw what happened with the team that maybe showed that the error of uh, of Maurice's ways, essentially just giving the keys to a couple guys and saying, I don't go to the room, that's their spot. I mean, I think that he'll be more involved. I think he'll be more connected with the players. But I don't think there's any doubt that, I mean, getting everybody on the same page and really building up that team that you need to win is going to be... Um, you know, as important as any X's and O's that Rick Bonus rolls out when the the team gets together for camp next month.
3: Absolutely. And I I think that leadership is needed in this organization. You know, coming out of last year, the way that things went, it was clear not everybody was pulling on the same rope. You could hear it in their comments. You could see it in their play. Not everybody was committed to defense. Not everybody was um, saying that they were playing the right way. We've been through the quotes a million times at this stage. So there is this need to get everybody pulling in the same direction. And and that leadership could come from Rick bonus generating buy-in getting people to sort of set their own standards and name them and move forward. It could come. I would be so impressed for somebody of Blake Wheeler's stature to say, you know what guys, it's time for uh, other voices to be heard even more loudly. Like that would take a maturity to go counter to your competitive instincts that I think would be tough even at, you know, in his mid thirties, which is, you know, he's not 20, he's not 25. He's been around the NHL. He's seen so many different things, so many different styles of leadership at this point that would take something. And I think that given that the players who drive the bus results wise are all in their mid twenties, late twenties right now, Connor, Ehlers, Shifley, Dubois go down the list as you see fit, you know, finding more ways to get their voice heard as well. Um, can only be a good thing in, in, in my mind. You know, who is it? Running man says jet players will have a chip on their shoulders this year in regards to the
1: media. I would suggest that would be a bad way to start off the year. I mean, <laughs> if it comes right out of the gate like that, essentially taking things right back to last year, I don't think that's in anybody's best interest. And uh, I'll be honest. I don't. If that happens, it's probably as a result of, losing a bunch of games because that's usually when guys get their backup. It's certainly not on the first day of camp.
3: Well, I mean, it depends on, Here, I have time for this in one way, and maybe I shouldn't say I have time for any of this, but the <laughs> only like the players and coaches, they need to tell themselves a story for some reason. And if the media is counting us out is something that can galvanize them and be a productive thing for them to rally around. Well then great. I think it would be unproductive for their relationship with us, for the stories uh, we tell about the team. I think it would be unproductive for their relationship with the fans because I think every fan noticed last year that something was not quite right, right? That was an underperforming team. So to start off and be like, you guys count us out, you guys are awful, whatever. That's that's not great messaging, but I would understand it if we're the common enemy that they can rally around. And they've gone to that well before. Um, They've certainly gone to that well before, talking about how all the media counted them out in the playoffs before they swept Edmonton. I'm not sure everybody did, but I guess there were some pretty big organizations that did. Um, they've they've gone to that well before. Kevin Dayoff this summer said that, well, hey, a year ago, people were talking as a, as a potential contender when we added Dylan and Schmidt and, and brought Paul Stastny back as well. And, I mean, I don't think I was calling them a Stanley Cup contender. I had them as a playoff bubble team. But when it's been convenient, they've had no trouble using the media as a rallying points, and, you know, I'm not sure what they read or what they consume or, or, or which versions they're going with. If they have a chip on the shoulder and it works out for them, well, power to them.
1: Yeah, I guess it's all about winning at the end, but I, I will say this. I think, you know, based on what happened last year, your point about the connection with the fan base, I think it would be uh, in everybody's best interest to, uh, you know, start off with a real positive attitude, be upbeat, and – um not get into things unnecessarily just to create something to hopefully galvanize the team under Rick Bonus. Tesh is with us, so let's get back to the free agents right now because you've got a pretty extensive list. We've talked about where the Jets are cap wise. Um, we won't go through the entire list, but of the of the guys that are out there, and let's assume that the reports of Nazem Kadri getting a big seven year deal from the Islanders are true, which would and I don't think he was really in the mix to begin with. When you look at this list that you rolled out in The Athletic, who would be number one on your list?
3: Well, you know what I would put number one on my list? Is a player I don't think is coming back. And that's the interesting thing. There's a lot of useful players. But Paul Stastny is still, at 36 years old, an effective hockey player. And despite his foot speeds flagging, sure, despite his advanced years by NHL standards, I mean, I'm still older than him, um, the the impact he had whether it was defensive conscience on Mark Scheifele's line whether it was providing a little offense when it was with Andrew Copp and Nikolai Ehlers, this is a guy who put up a substantial amount of points solid for a middle six player and his impact in possession metrics underlying numbers other players were better when he was on his line when he was on their line and that's just responsibility and intelligence and commitment to playing the right way that's a player i have a lot of time for as a third line player now, moving on from that, another player I particularly liked who has that two-way responsibility, less offense, but a really strong defensive player, is rumored to have just signed in Sweden. And that's Johan Larsson, who uh, previously played in Buffalo, and Arizona, and all, all of that, um, who has played as high up the ladder as a second-line matchup-ready center, made all of uh, his teammates in Arizona better when he was on their, uh, on their line. Great on the 4 check, great defensive coverage as well. That's a player I would love as a third-line center, perhaps bumping Adam Lowry to the fourth line or perhaps even a third-line left wing or even Larson himself as a, as a left winger. If you're looking for a little more offense, it's out there as well. Evan Rodriguez out of Pittsburgh. Uh, when Crosby and Malkin were both hurt last season, he played up as high as their number one center. That's not where he he belongs but he's a really good puck transporter. He's a speedy player, heads-up player, can read defenses, wait just long enough to pick them apart. There's a real intelligence to his game that I like, and he's good in you know solid in his own zone as well. Sonny Milano can score. Um, I think you're getting into a little bit of territory with him where he might not be quite as productive and helpful as his abilities on the ice. I mean, he's a very skilled player, but doesn't always put it together there are some players to go up and down that list. I mean, I've got nine names, and if you take Larson off, believing that he signed in Sweden, which I think is the case, um, there are still eight names with potential NHL ability that could help in that third or fourth line job.
1: You mentioned Paul Stastny, and I think I brought this up with Mike earlier. I mean, the fact of the matter is he has not signed yet. Um, I'm pretty sure Winnipeg wasn't his first choice. I think he mentioned that he was looking at you know maybe signing with a contender um but should jet fans hold out any hope that maybe that could be salvaged right now because i'm with you i mean we could talk about all these guys on the list paul stastny had 21 goals last year in my mind was the conscience of the team as well um he, his loss is far more than just 21 goals and 24 points um and it's a guy that we've seen that can still very much play
3: absolutely i i I don't know what the latest from Paul Stastny's perspective is. I would believe 100% that at this stage it's about contention. And, you know, maybe there's a little bit of dominoes to fall waiting upon Nazem Kadri. For example, if he signed in Long Island, well then Colorado would absolutely have a little bit more cap space to supplement from, you know, you know, a player not as good as Kadri is at this stage, but they would need that center help. And that's a player, Paul Stastny who I think could help uh, the Colorado avalanche at this stage. And, what a dream gig that would be to be sure, given how good they good they are and will continue to be and the success that they've just had. So that's the type of ideal scenario for him. But with Paul Stastny, it seems like he's signed late uh, or, you know, he, he he seems to take his time with things and, and is, is really thoughtful about these things. I don't think of it as a probability, but you like him as a player, you like him as, you know, his, his role, at least publicly as a conscience on that team. And I think that there's something to be said for, you know, him being of Blake Wheeler's sort of generation and and them being good friends and Stasty's ability to maybe, you know, bridge groups of different ages on on the team in that leadership group as well. If you're Winnipeg, I think that's a player you'd like quite a bit. And you're just sort of hoping that nobody has, else has realized how effective he still is. No, it is a great point. Murata Tesh is with
1: us. The uh, article's up at The Athletic right now. Um, there are just a couple other guys that were mentioned. Sam Steele's an interesting player. I mean, he's a first round pick because a guy that I think has long had a lot of potential, hasn't really been able to put it all together at an NHL level. Um, and then of course, Tyler Mott, who uh, a certain 47 goal scorer knows quite well from uh, a pretty epic line uh, back in college. Um, do either of those players intrigue you for um, what it would cost and what they might be able to bring to the team?
3: Tyler Mott does, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know what level of offense he'll bring to an NHL team just now, but in terms of forecheck, in terms of energy, in terms of a a really strong penalty-killing player, I know that people in New York were really happy with what he brought to their team down the stretch, and even in the playoffs as well. He played as high as the second line. He played a lot of penalty-killing minutes. Sometimes it was fourth line, depending on how they were uh, coordinating their minutes. But you could see a, a role for Tyler Mott on that third line in Winnipeg playing big PK minutes, um, really being an energizer on the four check, hounding players, not creating a lot of the offense on his own, but certainly um, winning pucks and and throwing them at, at the net a little bit, uh, you know, helping create a little bit of chaos for other guys as well. That's a player that I like. Sam Steele, I know former first round pick, uh, I think he was 30th overall once upon a time, 24 years old, a little bit young to be an unrestricted free agent, but I mean, Anaheim was really looking at moving in a, in a new direction. And I think, you know, the emergence of Mason McTavish and Trevor Zegers and others. They're looking at a new generation of new players in Anaheim right now. Um, So, you know, I think that there's a little bit of patience required with Sam Steele at this stage in his career. His impact has not, you know, lived up to the first round hype, but there's an NHL player there. And if a team were willing to, give him a couple of years to sort of step into his own and work their way up the the depth chart, maybe there's something there. I just don't think that for Winnipeg, that's a great fit because it seems as though Winnipeg's trying to do something here and now and, you know, maybe not be a contender, but make the playoffs and hope for the best. And, and I think that that takes more patience on the steel front.
1: Uh, what do you think the future holds for Evgeny Svechnikov? Um, and is there any chance that part of that future is back here in Winnipeg?
3: You know, I haven't tended to think that he's on his way back to Winnipeg. You know, I heard a, a conflicting report that his agent actually denied he was nice enough to send a note, but um, that he may have actually asked the Winnipeg Jets not to qualify him. He wasn't particularly happy. Now, to be clear, his agent would know would know better here, and his agent says no, that's not the case. Um, but I do get the sense, either way, that uh, that the the up and down treatment for a player who's so confidence based and 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 really his emotions lead the way was not his favorite scenario last year. And certainly if he runs out of opportunities in other places and Winnipeg's willing to give him one, great. but i'm not I'm not sure that we see Evgeny Svechnikov 2.0 here in, in Winnipeg. Could that mean you know overseas? I'm not sure. Could that mean you know one of these many teams that uh, that could still use a little bit of help? I actually don't know what the latest on his future would be. I just haven't tended to think it's in Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I think it was pretty clear. Um, and the fact that we're now into August, I mean, you know, if they wanted to recircle back at a you know a more a reasonable rate, it probably would have happened already. I'm not quite sure with that. One more for you. We talked all <laughs> end of the season about the logjam on the blue line. You mentioned the potential which certainly could happen with Billy hanela and Dylan Sandberg who was essentially playing top 4 minutes at the end of the season being back with the Moose because they're waiver exempt right now but can this team really get to camp with all of these guys still under contract
3: I mean it's it's astonishing I I really don't think that they can but yet at the same time at this stage it looks like they might <laughs> and like not only have is Winnipeg's blue line crowded assuming Jonathan Kovacevic because they would need waivers to pass him down would be a seventh defenseman and all of the veterans are currently back you know Morrissey Smith uh, Pionk uh, Dylan Logan Stanley you know you go down the depth chart everybody is there Manitoba signed some AHL level defensemen as well this offseason so if you're gonna try to force Villa Heinola and Dylan Samberg onto there, then you have to push AHL level players to the ECHL. Winnipeg's a little bit overflowing in terms of its defensive situation right now. And like, I understand that there would be some in Winnipeg who don't think that is ready or who think that Dylan Samberg um, could use one more year of AHL excel- excellence before becoming a full-time NHL player. But at the same time, eventually you run out of racetrack with these guys and they get frustrated and Maybe you have to trade them for less than they would have been worth once upon a time, like what happened to Jack Roslevic. Um, This is a, it really does feel like an inflection point where decisions are needed on that blue line. And I think that, you know, a lot of folks in Winnipeg recognize that. What does that look like? What's that safety switch? What's that valve? I'm not sure. Um, you know, maybe they're just trying to over-prepare in case somebody gets hurt on the first day of camp like Sandberg did last last uh, last year knock on wood for you know for for jets fans and all that sort of stuff um but it seems as though there are too many defensemen in both levels, at both levels, pardon me, that something has to give, and it's just a matter of waiting to see what it is.
1: Yeah, I can't help but think that at some point before training camp, there is a trade made, and it involves one of the blue liners of the Winnipeg Jets going somewhere else, getting a forward back, and that forward might be more expensive than the defenseman that the Jets are giving up, which gives Team X that they're dealing with a little bit of cap savings, adds a forward in that the Winnipeg Jets absolutely need allows a little bit more space for some of these younger players to legitimately challenge for jobs and hopefully not, you know, put yourself in a situation where you're risking losing a player for that. Um, And a topic that we've had a lot of long conversation with dating back to last season, moving some of that cap distribution from being so heavily weighted to the back end to take care of some of the holes up front that still remain in early August.
3: Yeah, the logic is perfect on that. I, I really think that based on the distribution, and sorry for the Dylan DeMello erasure a second ago, I listed everybody but him, so we'll... we'll. When you, know, you say big...
1: Dylan, it's just like you're counting two guys at once.
3: <laughs> yeah, Y <laughs> slash I, anyway. Um, so, I mean, the logic of that holds perfectly. There's cap being used, and there's players that need promotions, or at least to my way of thinking that they do. Um. So a switch to, to forward, which is where Winnipeg clearly is still looking for help, given their attempted signings of other players... I mean, the logic holds the one thing I'll throw out as a wild card and I'm not saying probable, but the, if Winnipeg really is believing in those veterans they signed last year and they want to run it back, well then what about, you know, a Ville handle trade? What about a Logan Stanley trade? What about these guys that at different stage of their careers, different ages, I should say, neither one is a, a surefire established top four. Each has potential in, in very different styles. I think Villanelle has a little bit more upside, and I think that's fair to say. But if Winnipeg's really, really trying to make it happen right here and now, I, I've wondered about trades, to those, uh, trades of those players. The one thing that wouldn't make it make sense is their cap hits are low, so you're not really feeling like you're forced to do something like that.
1: Oh, Marat, great stuff. Um, you, my friend, always entertain the masses. Thanks so much for doing this. And uh, I know you've got that piece today. Anything else uh, you want to tease that we can look forward to over the course of the next week in The Athletic?
3: Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll stay on the projected roster front for sure because, I mean, some of the contractual things like, say, Gustafson not needing, or sorry, needing waivers, you know, begins to help give the roster some shape. Um, there are a couple of jets I've been able to speak to recently, but the truth is I think that those are gonna be longer stories that take me a minute just to get them right. So uh, sometimes I come and I leave like some great suspense here I'm just going to say that we're going to keep that following the the stories of, uh, of Winnipeg's off season as it comes and then back half August. I hope to take some time off. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, who knows, maybe we'll get thrown a bone in the next week of uh, some sort of move that can uh, take up a lot of conversation time here and give you a lot more stuff to uh, stuff to write about. Because the funny thing is there's not a lot that's different other than some of the players that the Jets have lost, but um, still plenty of questions and uh, still always great time for you here on Winnipeg sports talk. Thanks for doing this and uh, enjoy the rest of the week, my friend.
3: Thanks for having me. Grateful for it.
1: There it is at WPG Marat. That is our good friend Murata Tesh. And if you're not subscribed to the athletic, what are you waiting for? His latest piece is up there now. All right. We are going to get to some bomber talk. Stanley Bryant coming up next. Of course, when we talk bombers on WST, We do it for our great friends at Princess Auto who will be welcoming all of you fans heading to the game tomorrow a little early at the Princess Auto tailgate zone outside the stadium tomorrow. Getting going at 530. Great spot to pregame. $5 beers, 350 hot dogs and pop. DJ Finesse will be spinning. The Princess Auto gang will be down there with some great prizes. So make sure to get to the game early and take in the Princess Auto tailgate zone And of course, Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two locations in Winnipeg, Panit Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Many of you were mentioning in the chat wondering, yes, this is in fact a little brown jug shirt. Remus had said, I don't think he's ever seen me wear a crew neck before. And I had to think about when the last time I was, but uh, this is uh, some of the great merchandise they've got down at Little Brown Jug. But of course, the main event is the delicious beers. Little Brown Jug, by the way, on tap at Craft Beer Corner this week. Had a couple of Hefeweizens at the game last night. It was awesome. Um, But wherever you get your beer, whether it's at the beer store or popping by Little Brown Jug, make this weekend a little bit better with the great taste of uh, all the uh, Little Brown Jug summer brews. And don't forget, gang, Mark this down, September 1st, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, our first ever Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia Night with uh, with Little Brown Jug. I'm going to be putting together a fun program, hosting it, asking the questions. You're all invited. I will have details probably by Friday. Uh, of how you can reserve a spot. We're going to do up an Eventbrite event so you can buy tickets. Essentially, the cost is just going to be, it'll basically be your first beer and you'll get a coupon for that. Um, But we just, with limited availability, and I think there'll be some good interest in this, we'll uh, get you... The info here on Winnipeg Sports Talk first on how you can count yourself in, but save the date. September 1st, our first sports trivia night at Little Brown Jug. Really looking forward to that. Uh, great spot to watch the Blue Jays tonight. And of course, the Bombers and the rest of the CFL action on the weekend is Boston Pizza, new summer menu, summer drinks, Carnitas Pizza and Tacos. Pizza flights are back. And of course, if you're staying home to watch the game, check out their game day deals online and order at bostonpizza.com all right we're going to welcome in stanley bryant right now after stanley though your opportunity for some jim beam social passes for the game which are going to get you into the stadium tomorrow night and get you a free cc and ginger ale from our friends at canadian club so be sure to stay tuned for that but before that let's welcome in the anchor of the blue bomber offensive line stanley bryant Stanley, how are you? Great to have you on the program.
4: Uh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, just grinding, you know.
1: <laughs> well, you and your teammates certainly have been grinding. Um, yeah. Listen, I know everyone's very pleased with the 9-0 and record, but, um, you know, from your perspective, how challenging has this schedule been over the last couple months where, I mean, you guys barely have a minute to look at the film from the last game, and you're – Practicing once, getting a walkthrough, and then for the last month, it seems getting on a plane somewhere else to go pick up another W.
4: Honestly, I can say it's just just been fun. You know, uh, we we've been enjoying the grind. Um, A lot of the guys been stepping up, been able to get out there and play and make plays. And I mean, I think as a unit, we just just building the building each and every game and found a way to win.
1: Well, let's talk about the unit. I mean, first up up front. I mean, listen, you guys are perfect through the season. Um, but you've been on some great teams, been on great offensive lines. When yeah. you think about the body of work that you and the O-line, I mean, uh, how happy are you with the way things that have gone? And, and how much have you guys improved from where you started in week one against the Ottawa Red Blacks in your mind?
4: I think, uh, I mean, we got the continuity with the group. So I think each and every game, we've just been building and building, finding ways to get better. I mean, even with the short weeks, uh, we've been taking advantage of just on technique things, uh, figuring out the things that defenses like to do, and finding a way that we can handle those those things that those defenses do. Um, Coach Marty's been doing a great job with us. Um, you know, we got the veterans with us: me, Patty, uh, Yosh, uh, even Jeff Gray, um, and then it's Chris K coming in, stepping in, We're playing a hell of a role right now for us, and just doing the things he do.
1: Well, uh, I mean, a big part of, uh, I mean, listen, the offensive line and the defensive line for that matter, especially with a team like the Bombers have always sort of been the tone setters. Um, But I mean, obviously with the group in the backfield, I mean, the biggest difference this year is Andrew Harris, a Bomber and CFL legend in double blue as opposed to blue and gold and a couple young players led by Brady Oliveira leading the running game. Um, It wasn't, it, it didn't click immediately but right. things have really looked uh, you know, to improve significantly over the last few. I heard Brady talk about it yesterday. I think he really feels the pressure um, you know, to be the guy now that mm-hmm. he is that guy here in Winnipeg, considering the incredible bar that's been set. Um, but as someone that has blocked and been a leader of that offensive line, for Andrew Harris before and now Brady Oliveira. How do you see the improvements of the running game? Um, and how important was it to get a couple breakout games for a young man to give that confidence, knowing that he certainly has the ability to get the job done?
4: Like you said, the confidence is key for Brady. You know, I began beginning things were kind of slow. Um, you know, the holes weren't there necessarily, or it could have been just a small thing where I missed a block or anything like that. But I think just over the last few games, it's been growing and growing. Brady is seeing things more clear. We're opening the holes for him. And he's just taking advantage of it. He, he's running through DBs, linebackers, whoever it is. He's just playing smash my football, which we love to do. He's bringing that physicality, and we, we're also going to bring the physicality.
1: Well, and, and we know how important it is for well-balanced teams to be able to move the football on the ground. And you know, let me ask you this, your perspective. And we obviously are talking about you guys every day on this program. Mm-hmm. But I think back to the BC game, Stanley. Uh, where you guys were coming off a game against the Toronto Argonauts where you really did not run the ball very effectively. And the first quarter of that game, I believe it was more than 80 yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to completely change the game for Zach Caleros, who essentially looked like a surgeon for the next 45 minutes, picking apart their uh, picking apart their secondary. Um, yeah. Going into that game, I mean, did that seem like a bit of a turning point for the running game? And for folks that maybe don't understand the intricities of football, how important was that establishing the run early in the game to allow your offense to do what they were able to do for the rest of the game?
4: I think that game was just one of those games. We just decided that we're going we're gonna to be we're going to run the ball. I mean, we're going to be the most physical group out there. Um, it was we knew what type of uh, defense that BC presented. And so we went out there, we wanted to show that we were the best. Um, and then with that running game going, it just opens things up for Zach. You know, they, they're gonna put more people in the box because they wanna stop the run game. And then Zach is gonna go out there and do the things that he loves to do. Let's throw the ball, make guys miss, run around, be Superman. But um, it's just 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 was one of those games that we just decided to just come out and just do what we do and, and get back to how the things were before.
1: Well, and I mean the BC was that first game, and then the other one was the second Calgary game, and I thought that might have been Brady's best game of the year. But again, you know, running back, we you know in the in the era of fantasy football, we're just looking at stats, right. um, but it's so much more than one player. How important do you think was that running game
4: in uh, winning that game on the road against the Calgary Stampeders? I think it was very uh, important. You know, it didn't make us a one dimension team. I was able to to run the ball very well. Like I said before, they just open things up for Zach and the receivers. I mean, not also um Brady, but also, you know, Jennera, he's been doing well with she with the sweeps and things like that. So all other other guys have been pitching in and that just makes things easier for Zach to see the coverage and things like that because teams are locked in to stop the running game. And then they decided that guys can be over top and be able to make big plays for us.
1: It's funny you mentioned that because it's been quite clear that since the running game has sort of been clicking more consistently and there's been some bigger plays, it's mm-hmm. allowed Buck, Buck Pierce, the offensive coordinator to add in some more wrinkles to the running game involving players like Dembski and Janary and Grant. Right. When you guys are in the huddle and you sort of get that feeling like you've got momentum, what's it mm-hmm. like when you hear, you know, those plays called to get the balls in some of the speedsters' hands when you know a big play could be right around the corner?
4: Uh, it's one of those amazing feelings because, you know, guys are, are looking for us to just come off the ball and be physical every play. Those plays just catch them off guard every time. You know, it's a big place for us, and we love to see those other guys get involved. You know, you know Brady, he's fast, but he's not so fast. So uh, it's good to see, you know, other guys get in there and do what they can do. But uh, we're going to continue to to try to grind each and every game now and um, find ways to get better and get the running game going even more if we can.
1: You guys have been, uh, I mean, you're perfect so far. I mean, I know when you go through games, there's always things you can improve on and do better. Um, But I do want to ask you about Zach Kolaris. I mean, uh, you know, you guys have won games in many different ways. Sometimes it's been an air assault. Sometimes it's been a little bit more conservative. But man, it just seems like he always puts you guys in a position to win. And I imagine the confidence you have in that leader at quarterback um, couldn't be much higher.
4: Right. Um, Zach is a a hell of a quarterback, a hell of a leader. Um you see the things he does in practice? I mean, just in the game, that's stuff we've probably already seen in practice maybe a week or two before. Um, I, I love Zach. Great to have him back there. Um, he does some unreal things sometimes. And then he brings that, that nastiness as well, too. You know, sometimes things might not go as well. I mean, but he's locked in just like we locked in. He loved the physicality. He loved to make the big plays, and he just loved to be a part of this. <laughs> I don't know what to call this family that we have, and he just bring another level to us.
1: And speaking of that family, um, um, you know it's always interesting when new people join the family, and Dalton schoen has been one of them. I mean, uh, mm. what did you think about the young rookie receiver in camp, and how impressed have you been with uh, how well he's contributed to the early season success?
4: Uh, Dalton's been he's been well. You know, he's he does great things when he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, he runs great route, and also down he knows to come in and block too. I mean, that's that's very special about him. Um, I didn't. No, he can do that but he stepped up to the challenge and uh he's doing well with that but you know don's one of those guys that um can't close your eyes on him. i mean you blink you might miss him. so he's able to make a guy miss and uh maybe to make make plays in the open field stanley bryant to the winnipeg
1: blue bombers is with us bombers and alouettes thursday night ig field make sure you get out there um it's been a minute since you guys have played at mm-hmm. home I and mean, we were talking off the air i mean the last game and what an atmosphere that was for the calgary game on july 15th uh, mm-hmm. how excited are you and the fellas to get out there in front of uh people dressed in blue for a change
4: uh it'll be amazing um hopefully we can sell it out uh, a bunch of people come out this thursday well i'm sorry tomorrow and then we'll be able to make plays but um i love it you know i think we have the loudest fans the best fans in the cfl i mean just just bring more energy for our team when we're home and be able to play in front of those 30, 25, 30,000 people. Um, we love it. And we love our fans.
1: I, I got to tell you, I mean, the, the West final last year in the cold, the game against Saskatchewan, I think is a game yeah. that anyone was there. will remember forever. It was such a special atmosphere and feeling, but I'll tell you what, that game on the 15th of July against Calgary had almost a playoff type feel of undefeated teams. And an atmosphere that continues to get better and better. How much of an advantage is it for you and your teammates to be playing at IG Field with the noise that the team brings, but also the the, the obvious connection that you guys have with the fans here in Winnipeg? It seems mm-hmm. to consistently bring out the best in you and your teammates.
4: I think for us as an offense, I mean, like I said, it it brings up that, that fire in us, and we want to show the fans what we have on offense, the thing we can do. But I think for us, for defense, it disrupts the, the, the offense for the other team. You know, those guys can't hear, they can't get off the ball like they want to. And our defense is going to take advantage of that. Willie, Jeff Cole, uh, Jake, casey all those guys are going to get off the ball and and run through guys just because our, our fans are so loud and the offense line can't get off the ball on time. Um, so I know they love playing at home where they can get in there, get some sacks, throw some guys around. But, I mean, it's just, it's just fun being at IG Field. Uh, with these fans, I mean, it's, you have to, I mean, I know you experienced, but anybody that have, anyone else that have an experience would be a great experience if you get a chance to get here. Yeah. Well,
1: tomorrow night, 730, Alouette's in town to take on the Bombers, your next chance to do exactly that. Hey, Stanley, before we go, you mentioned earlier talking about bringing player into the family. And I mean, this is such a special team with what you guys have accomplished so far with the back-to-back back Great Cup championships. I mentioned the connection that you guys have with the fan base that I think is something unique that I haven't seen in my lifetime um, here in Winnipeg. Um, But Mike O'Shea and the culture, I mean, you came here as one of the most key signings in Bomber history, Mm -hmm. but it didn't click right away. Um, When you look back, I mean, if you can take a minute to sort of step away from focusing for the game tomorrow and think about how far you guys have come, what have been the keys to it? I mean, when you, Michael Shay, the culture, Kyle Walters, the players, the buy-in—it seems like, you know, part of it is great football players, but also special people, and the way you guys play for each other and for the city is, um, is unique. And I think the envy of the CFL. When you look back, how did it all happen?
4: Honestly, I also think um, just getting the right guys in on this team. Um, you know, um, I think it starts from up top from way. You know. Uh, all the way down to, to Matt G, Darren, those guys pitching, and they found a way to get the right guys in the locker room, um, the right attitude, the right players all around us that's going to buy in and know what the, the end goal is, and that's that's winning the Great Cup. And I think since 2015, which was a rough year, but I think 16, 17, each and every year, we retain the bill, bring in one or two pieces, and then at the right time, everything gel together and we are able to get a great Cup. And also a great cup last year. But we're just looking to continue to bill. Like even the rookies this, this year just came in. I mean, they they bought into what we love to do, FIFO. Um, want to know each and every week. And if we continue that mindset and that camaraderie in the locker room, we'll be good. Hey,
1: I, I've got to ask you about Coach O'Shea. Um, you know, he often might not have the most colorful quotes um because he is all business and he's right. exactly right. as you mentioned, talking about the next, but um, you have played this game for a long time. You played on some great teams. You played for some great coaches. Um, mm-hmm. What is it about Mike O'Shea um, that is so special in both getting the results on the football field, but also the buy-in from everyone wearing a bomber jersey?
4: Also, I think that I have been the player that helps as well. He um, understands what players go through, what they need to go through to get a victory um, each and every week. He's um, one of those coaches that's going to let the, the players control the team. Um, he's he's going to say things that need to be said, but he believes in his players and his veterans who, who control the locker room and handle things that need to be handled. Um, and I think he's done a great job with that. And then, you know, he's just one of those guys that's always, like you said, about business. But when it's, it's time to get physical and nasty, he can, he can step in and do that as well. So that's what we love about him. Um, He, he built that all in us, and, and we're going to continue to do it.
1: Stanley Bryant's with us. Stanley, just before we go, I mean, we mentioned this crazy schedule that the team has had. I mean, all the travel, the short weeks, Um, but you're nine and oh right now. Yeah. Milt Stiegel was on with us yesterday and Milt mentioned, he said the biggest opponent for the bombers is bye week. Hmm. He said, worried about, you know, guys thinking about the bye, And I'm like, come on, Michael yeah. Shea's teams don't do that at all. <laughs> but, um, uh, but it all seriousness aside, um, how much are you looking forward to the buy and how much do you think it will help the bombers in the second half of the season, considering the heavy lifting you've already been through the wins that you put together and knowing the fact that once you play the 10th game of the season, you'll have three more bye weeks amongst only eight games before hopefully a Western final game here in Winnipeg for a trip to the gray cup.
4: I can say that we're probably not, not a guy's not looking that far here. Um, they're just focused on Thursday. Um, no business on thursday then we can go and enjoy ourselves and i mean i think a lot of guys probably just want to get away from football for a little bit you know it has been a grind from camp all the way until now um, but but once that is over uh, we'll be back to business one and all i mean nothing's gonna stop the train we're just gonna keep grinding and grinding and keep going to get to the final result and that's uh win another great cup
1: well stanley an all absolute pleasure having you on the program it's been a pleasure i think for every bomber fan watching this team so far Good luck tomorrow to get to ten and zero. And uh, I know you won't think about it till Friday. But when you yeah. get to Friday, have a great bye week, get some good R and R. And I can't wait for the second half of the season and see if the Bombers can uh, continue doing what we've seen you do for the last two years, and that's mm-hmm. win another Great Cup championship.
4: Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All
1: right. Good stuff with Big Stanley Bryant. Cannot wait for the game tomorrow. And good news, Tears. We've got some uh, some Jim Beam social passes for the game tomorrow. Now, these are unique. They'll get you into the stadium, but without an assigned seat. And we'll also get you a free Canadian club and ginger ale, which you already know is the uh, the drink of the summer just released a few months ago. Um, so, Reem, why don't we... Uh, before we get to the Cool Bet lines and our horse picks, why don't we fire up the wheel? Um, or I guess do up a raffle where people can enter. Um, what do we want to do? Exclamation mark tickets. And um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll give two pairs away today on the program. I think there's a good chance we'll probably have uh, maybe another one for, uh, for tomorrow's show as well. But if you want to go to the game tomorrow and you can make it um, right now, exclamation mark tickets is the uh is the uh the command is yeah command that's right thank you (laughs) so in the chat right now exclamation mark tickets if you want to go to the game we've got a couple pairs and thanks again to our great sponsors at canadian club of course you can pick up canadian club and ginger ale at your local beer store manitoba liquor marts as well in six packs and you can definitely pick it up at the game on friday and at the princess auto tailgate zone before and with these you'll get entrance into the game as well as a free cc and ginger so exclamation mark tickets right now we'll give you a couple minutes to uh get in there and uh while we do that why don't we uh Get to the Cool Bet lines for tonight. Uh, Very excited about the golf tournament tomorrow. If you missed our Lock Shop episode, you can get to all the picks. But uh, still riding with my guys, Tom Kim and Tony Finau, that have given me three straight wins. I'm out on Cam Smith, going to live. Very, very disappointed in Cameron after he started the incredible run of four straight at the Open Championship, uh, like Justin Thomas as well. Uh, You've got all the odds for The uh, FedEx Cup playoffs and the first event, the FedEx State Jude there as well. As far as Major League Baseball goes, uh, getaway day. you got four games going on in the afternoon. The Blue Jays will look to salvage something out of this series tonight against the Orioles. Jays are minus 141 favorites, Orioles plus 120. And um, tough luck last night. I was on that special prop of Alec Manoa to get the five strikeouts or six strikeouts and the Jays win. Everything was looking good till that damn rain delay in the middle of the sixth inning, oh. um, which uh, which obviously took Manoa out. And um, well, then it didn't it didn't end well. And uh, of all people to hit the winning home run that was uh, that was rough for uh, for Blue Jays fans that remember the uh, the history with uh, with O'Dor. Um, so you got baseball lines up, golf available, and there's lots of tennis going on as well all the matches for the national bank opener up at cool Bad. and of course the world juniors are underway sweden is up one nothing on switzerland i believe i saw in chat the jet prospect daniel torgersen is the goal scorer for the swedes tonight actually i guess coming up at five o'clock winnipeg time it's canada and latvia Uh, No money line listed. Uh, The spread in that game is six and a half goals for Canada. So uh, you got to bet them to win by seven. And the total in the game is over under eight Uh, world juniors, golf, tennis, and of course, tons of NFL futures are all there cool bet and a quick update on the lines for the game bombers are down to 11 points i don't think you're getting a better number than that if you like the bombers jump on that right now 11 point favorites in the game hamilton one and a half point favorites over the argos bc one and a half point favorites in calgary and the riders gone from five to five and a half point favorites on the road against the elks if you've never played a cool bet before use the promo code wst for a 100% bonus on your initial deposit, up to $200. All right, we do have horse picks to get. We've got a few other topics that we do want to touch on. Uh, I, I know before the uh, before the end of the um, end of the program. Uh, but Reem, how are we looking for the? Uh,
2: everyone uh, got their entries in for tickets. Uh, why don't we spin the wheel? Sure. Wait. Don't you want to hear my hot takes on the stuff we haven't talked about while I get this ready? Well, absolutely. Why don't you do that? Um, will Lou Lamorello
1: show up at training camp with four deals that have already been done and finally let everyone else in on it, as has been speculated by our pal Frank Saravelli?
2: Yeah, Kevin Weeks uh, tweeting today that uh, with keep an eye on keeping an eye on the Islanders, uh, Lou Lamorello. I'll give my predictions here for the deals as. So are we done getting the? We got about thirty-six people in here. Perfect. Let's spin it. We're gonna spin it twice. Yeah. And, and before we'll do I, before I James do...
1: Burke Andrew looks nice. Thank you, James. Thank you very much. Maybe I'll work some uh, some cr- uh, crewnecks, uh into the uh, into the rotation a little bit more. Okay. You can before... pick up one of these by
2: the way at Little Brown Jug. Join us September first for the WST Trivia Night. Okay. Before I do, I also want to add we're ten uh, 10 subs away from eight k. So uh, hit the red button, hit the thumbs up if you haven't. Yeah, big party show
1: on Friday if we can get to 8K. And I would imagine we certainly should be able to do that. Um, Certainly, if you're in the ticket giveaway that we're doing right now, you've got to be subscribed to win. And you certainly have to be subscribed to win our world-famous marble race, which will be taking place on Friday. So if you haven't already, it's completely free Hit that red subscribe button. And the great thing is whenever you get onto YouTube, the latest Winnipeg Sports Talk content will be there ready for you. Um, Fresh off of the most recent show if you're not able to join us live. But it's a big, big help to us in spreading the channel, letting more people hear about Winnipeg Sports Talk. So if you can, if you're listening on the podcast, when you have a chance, get onto YouTube. Hit the red subscribe button and uh, you might really enjoy the video portion of the program that you might not get from the daily audio feed just after 3pm.
2: Yeah, also I will say if you have a comment on today's show as well, or maybe you're watching it on replay, you're listening to the podcast, you made it this far, come on YouTube and leave a leave a comment below. I love responding to all the comments. Polly's always in there. Darren always, always,
1: <laughs> Where, always... By the way, where's Roscoe? I don't know where Roscoe is. What a at. situation. I didn't ban him. We've lost We've lost Roscoe. Hey, James from Jersey has subbed as well. James, thank you very much. You're uh, very popular in the chat, at least with yours truly. A nice compliment on the little brown Jug crew neck and a new sub for the channel. It's exactly what we need. All right, let's uh, fire this up. We're okay. spinning this twice. We've got for each winner, two Jim Beam social passes for the game tomorrow night. We'll get you in. You won't have an assigned seat, but I'm sure you'll be able to find one. Although, uh, there won't be many empty seats because uh, we're going to have a hell of a crowd tomorrow to see the Bombers hopefully get to 10-0. and And again, if you win, what we'll need you to do is um, just send us an email to winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. And then I'll be able to send you the tickets after the show
2: today. Uh, All right, Reem, who wants to go to the game tomorrow? Okay, I'm putting them in one second. I'm getting the names ready. We got 37 names. But also, before we do, I got to touch on my uh, predictions for the Islanders, but we can do that after. Yeah. Okay. We'll spin and then Remo has some incredible Islander predictions of what Lula Morello will be well, we can rolling also, out. Yeah. Yeah. We got our, oh, we have our horse picks too. I see Larry Eloy referencing oh, yeah. Hot, Hot Linda. And uh, people enjoyed that at the end of the show yesterday. Your, I've got, horse. Uh,
1: yeah. Hot Linda, Hot Linda came in second.
4: Yeah, <laughs> it
2: was so close. That would have been I think Hot
1: Linda might get a marble on Friday anyways, just because of the the impact that Hot Linda made in the in the chat yesterday. Yeah. All right. So Remo's Islanders predictions in a moment, horse picks as well. Uh, but let's make a couple WST viewers on the YouTube channel even more fired up tomorrow night by sending into the game courtesy of our friends over at Canadian Club. Uh, Would you say 36, 37 people in with us live all wanted to grab a couple Jim beam, social passes 37 people. All right. Well, we're going to spin it twice and uh, the winners each get a pair. Let's start it off. Remo uh, fire away. Let's see who our first winner is.
2: All right, here we go. Spin that wheel.
4: All right,
1: the Gregory. GFL Gregory Greg, <laughs> the the uh, the the ultimate OG. Many of you wonder why we call Gregory Caller Number One. I will get Gary Lawless on the show to talk about it at one point. But we had our first ever show on OB on a Saturday morning when we moved over there, and we thought it would be fun to open up the lines. And before it even got out of our mouth, line one was open and damn right Gregory Liverpool was firing hot takes at us on the first ever edition of h uh, and back on CGOB. So, Greg, way to go. Um, you can DM, it, DM me if you want. Let me know what uh, where you want me to send the, uh, the social passes to and uh, enjoy the CC and ginger ale as well. I think you'll really like it. All right, so Gregory Liverpool is our first winner. Remote, let's spin it one more time. All right,
2: one more time. And by the
1: way, Gregory also DMed me today with three different pictures of himself trying on glasses
2: at the glasses store. I stand by my decision of number one, Greg, although they all look great. If if Greg wants to get input from the chat, we have his permission. We can can get the chat (laughs) to vote. (laughs) That's a great idea. If Greg wants, if Greg only with his permission, I don't know, I haven't seen his name come yeah, up in here we, but i know he's listening yeah yeah greg if you
1: would like us to throw out the picture uh we can uh we can solicit input from uh, people in the chat but first let's solicit one more winner from the wheel uh good luck to everyone we got another pair of tickets if it somehow ends on gregory again we will respin we're not going to have a double winner all right let's go oh nice
2: I he says like sure we can... and we got Luke. Luke.
1: Luke LaHay. Luke, congratulations. Luke, fire us a message uh, uh, with the uh, email you want me to send the tickets to at WinnipegSportsTalk at gmail.com and we'll fire you those afterwards. Um, all right. Reem, um, we'll get to the, the, this in a minute. Um, two things we want to get to. First, your predictions for the Islanders' four moves. And we should also mention the Max Pacioretty injury, which uh, I sort of glossed over a little bit earlier on. But
2: uh, four moves that they're sitting on, announcing what will they be? Okay, here are the moves, and this is in reference to Kevin Weeks, the People's Insider, tweeting out today. Not a video, just a Islander logo. Keep an eye on. I can't put on a definite, a definitive timeline to them, but I wouldn't be shocked to see at least four transactions with the Islanders coming down the line. Okay, Kadri, I think, signing. They were in on Johnny Gaudreau. A lot of smoke from Sarah Valley, David Pagnotta, about Kadri and the Islanders. I think that is going down. So then the other thing, they'd have to shed some salary. So we've heard Anthony Beauvillier in a cap dump. Maybe that's coming. However, however, if it's involving another team, don't you think, don't you think then we would have heard about it, but we'll we'll wait and see. And then the other one, Noah Dobson's an RFA. I think that is another. That'll that'll be one. of That's done already for sure. I think and that, Kiefer Bellows as well. And yeah, maybe maybe that's the other one. I was gonna say another. I wanted to get more fun. Like Kiefer Bellows doesn't exactly move the needle. Um, no offense to him, but not. Oh, it's not, but and uh, Romanov as well. Oh Romanov, I didn't see his name on there. Maybe that's a name too. Let me just pull it up.
1: Yeah, well of course they traded him. Uh, they traded for him at the um at the deadline or so at, maybe at, it's, at the
2: draft. Maybe it's just four signings then because I feel like if it was a trade, yeah, you would you would it involves another team. Like this is just yeah. strictly Lou. Lou, yeah, Lou can
1: sign his contracts and stick them in a drawer. Um but if you're actually trading players with
2: another yeah. team in the NHL, so, they
1: everyone else sort of works a little differently than uh, than Lou. So, it's not a
2: trade as of September 1st. Okay, sorry. So it is let's go with Kadri. Dobson, Romanov, and Bello. Those are the four. So they basically just said they've signed their RFAs plus Ka- maybe Kadri, and then maybe there's a trade. Or they haven't signed Kadri. We're just speculating. It's August, August 10 here, so uh we'll have to keep we'll keep an eye on it we'll keep an eye on it we will as per as
1: per the people's insider kevin weeks um the other thing we should touch on is this injury to max pacioretty um achilles tendon surgery is going to be out six months i'll be honest i was a little surprised to see pacioretty is 33 i always thought he was a little bit younger um but he was sort of found money for the for the carolina hurricanes to get a player like that coming in on a one-year deal I do wonder how much of this was known to Vegas beforehand when this trade was made, um, because I haven't heard any reference to when this Achilles injury happened. Although, when those sort of things happen, they do get repaired quite quickly. So maybe it was something that just happened lately. Bottom line is that Max Pacioretty, who was a big offseason addition for Carolina, is going to be out for the better part of at least the first half of the season and potentially more.
3: Yeah, and that's
2: an injury, too, that can, I think, takes a long time uh, to heal. It's not something that you can come back from and, like, be 100% right away, even after the recovery period. So, uh, yeah, I wonder what Vegas do. Is that why they gave him away um, for free to Carolina? That whole thing is kind of puzzling to me. And what is Carolina going to do? They signed Marty Nikas yesterday. I couldn't find the terms um three
1: two years three uh three mil a season okay pretty so good that...
2: pretty good value for a player obviously in rfa so we didn't have uh didn't have a ton of rights yeah so we'll see what happens with carolina if you, he comes back late you know he's on ltir and he comes back for the playoffs i think it could be a, a you know boom for them but uh, i'm not sure about patch he was banged up like on and over the line of the last couple of years uh has and when he's in, he's good, but he's been hurting. I wonder if this is going to be a uh, affect him long term.
1: No, it is a uh, it is a very good point. That'll be something. We'll talk some more, puck Certainly next week, um, you know, we'll start getting into uh, some NFL previews, but we'll also start doing some uh, maybe team previews with uh, some uh, of our friends around the league covering other teams uh, outside of our main focus here in the Winnipeg Jets. And Waiters 27 asking, is Kadri to NYI a real or fake rumor? Uh, it's a real rumor. Yeah, I think it's a real one. Like the the rumor is real. Uh, as they said, whether uh whenever we find out whether it is no, that's in a fact, real rumor. Hashtag confirmed, that then it would be information and not a rumor anymore. So
2: Well, I think Frank Sarvalli was saying that he's he was heard about them offering him a contract, but never and then David Pagnona was tweeting about it as well. David Pagnata? No, that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> that's what Jim Toth uh <laughs> pronounced the if, you know, the fourth period on Twitter, we have him on.
3: But
2: uh, Yeah, he's tweeting about impossible rumors there. So it's not some person with 10 followers tweeting about
1: it. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyways, congratulations to Greg and congratulations to Luke. Hit us up. We'll get you those Jim Beam passes for the game tomorrow. You and a friend will hopefully enjoy a 10th win of the season for the blue and gold. Um, and we'll have some more tomorrow to give away as well on the program on game day. And by the way, don't forget, Bombing and Walby will get things going in a few minutes after we're finished up here on Winnipeg Sports Sock. And if you're with us live on YouTube, you don't need to go anywhere. We'll send you right over to Bonfire when we're finished up. Uh, but before we finish up live racing tonight at Assiniboia Downs, let's get to the picks. Well, actually, before we get to the picks, um, some props are due. I basically pushed last night. Remo had a monster night.
2: Um, One of your biggest of the entire year. Yeah. I lo- so I, uh I won three of my four picks. So if you were failing me, well, you did pretty well. Uh, I don't know if I advise that based on my season record, but Hey, I was, I've had a couple of big nights. This was my second biggest one. I was up. Uh, well, I won. I think I took home just over 60 and so I was up over 40 and, the gap between you and I and our duel at the downs, you're up like a hundred bucks on me. So as we saw yesterday, I can make that up quick. You were, you had a pretty good day too. You were even. So
1: yeah, I had a couple wins. I mean, we were both on that parlay on the two wit horses, which was, uh, which was nice. Um. Anyways, let's get to the selections for this evening. I am starting it off in race number two. And I've got a $4 bet on number two to win that. Oh, is it Button Mushroom? No, sorry. Number four. Back in that action. Just want to make sure.
2: Yes, no, back sorry. in that action. I'm
1: on wrong. Sorry. I'm on Wit9. Of course, I'm on Wit9. I it think I'm wit also the name. I'm usually on Wit9. So Wit9 is my first pick in race number three. Uh, we've got horse number four and that is arrogance. And I had to pick that just because any old school wrestling fan that remembers Rick the Model Martel with his uh his jar that he would spray into the crowd of his own signature perfume called arrogance, I uh, had to had to bet on that one. Shout out to Rick Martel. Uh race number 4. We've got horse number 2 to win and that is Sorry, I'm not on race four. That's race four. Wits Gato. Race number five. We are going with horse number five to win. And that is astonishing tweet. Many people were astonished by my tweet of the barbecue bowl from the Gold Eyes game last night. And uh, I'm finishing it up. Race seven. We're going swinging for the fences a one dollar triactor box with rate horses four, six and eight missing the point Barbie's quest and Wit's memories. so uh there you go there's my 20 for tonight Remo what uh, what are you coming
2: back with? All right I got my picks here race one five dollars to win on McCaig. I had Drizzy, who won for me before. McKaig, I have definitely won on McKaig a couple times. Uh, Race two, I am taking Button Mushroom to place. Just a small $2 wager out of respect for Button Mushroom's performance at our night at the Downs. Yep, that was a huge one. But I'm also in uh, Wit9. Wit9, I have to win. Uh, Yes, Wit9. Uh, And then I got a nice race four Quinella. The double wit Quinella worked for us last night. So I'm going Wits wit's Gato, Wits Question to finish one, two in any order. And then I have race five, a $4 Quinella on two, three. This is a chalk Quinella, Camino de Estrella and Mr. Benz. They just have way higher odds than the rest of the field, which is what attracted me to this one. That's why I like Astonishing Tweet. Good Val. Good Val in that one. Astonishing Tweet does have, I like that play too, does have the green uh, program selection. And I think that's it for my pick. I think that's it.
1: Excellent. Well, Parade to Post tonight uh, gets going around 7 o'clock. Post time for race number one is at 7.30 p.m., and if you're thinking about going out tonight or in the future, give the gang a call there at 885-3330. If you want to book a spot in the, uh, uh the dining room and maybe check out that world famous prime rib buffet over at Assiniboya Downs. And uh, of course you can check out the races live on YouTube as well at the Cineboy Downs YouTube channel. Um, I mentioned we did the cool bet lines already and, um, tomorrow, man, uh, Gonna be throwing on the jersey, I think, and getting ready for a game day edition of WST. Cannot wait to see the Bombers try to go ten and zero. And tell you what, I'm even more excited to get back to the stadium. The game on July fifteenth was so much fun. Was such an amazing atmosphere for a regular season Bomber game. And to think that we're gonna have three, four, five thousand more people than we had on that Friday night—I uh, think this is going to be a very special night for the place to be in the Canadian Football League right now, and that's IG Field on game day.
2: Yes, I agree. It's going to be fun. A lot of people. Great weather. I was at that last game, and it was a great atmosphere. So, looking forward to it. I think the, are the Bombers wearing their third jerseys with the two stripes? For I believe so. I bought Ooh, so. the back-to-back gray cups. Because all anywhere... the
1: guys were wearing that out in the walkthrough today. So I will assume that they are wearing those. Color and rush. I will be wearing. I'll wear the color rush on the show tomorrow. Absolutely. Color rush,
2: color rush Thursday. <laughs> I... They go with blue jersey, blue pants. Is that what they're doing? Into it.
1: Uh, I believe so. I was always a big color rush guy. So uh, I'm here for it. It is th- but... It is Anyways. Thursday. Tomorrow, uh, Weeb's World will join us. Uh, I'm not sure whether he's back from Vegas or whether he'll be joining us from Vegas, but I'm looking forward to that. Um, and we'll also uh we'll also set up the game tomorrow night with uh, plenty of from the Bombers and Alouette side of things on the show. Hey, great one today. Thanks to Stanley Bryant, who joined us. Of course, Murata Tesh. And if you joined us late, Mason Appleton was guest number one. Make sure you check that out. He was fantastic. Coming off a big couple weeks, getting married and signing a new contract with the Winnipeg Jets. Been a great show today, gang. Um, Whether you're going to the track tonight or maybe out to the ballpark, enjoy the weather but save a little bit in the tank for tomorrow night at IG Field as the Bombers look to go 10-0. and 0. Thanks to all of you for making us a part of your day. Don't forget, hit that red subscribe button. We're so close to 8,000. Want to get there by the end of the week. And if you can, tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk and where they can find us every day live at 1 and just after 3 p.m. on your podcast feed. Have a great one. We'll see you tomorrow on WST. Oh, my God! Oh!